Welcome to the Stuff and Junk Show, where we share our opinions on random subjects from interesting news, social topics, pop culture, our likes and dislikes, things we've seen, heard, or read, to what we did and what we do. You know, Stuff and Junk. Hello, my name is Albert. And my name is Ruthie. This is Jomming. Hey, Jomming. Welcome back. Uh, I'm back, bitches. <laughs> I don't think I'm it was gone that long. <laughs> where were you? <laughs> I don't know. I have no idea. I thought we were recording on we Wednesday. We finally found him, guys. Yeah, I was here on Wednesdays. Well, don't you record on Wednesdays? What's happening? What's going on? What? what? Finally found him. <laughs> We finally uh, found him. He was hiding under the kitchen sink. Hmm? Is that where you were? You were hiding underneath the kitchen exactly. sink? I was, like I said, I was here on Wednesdays. I don't know what you guys. I don't know when you guys record. But I was you were here, here on Wednesdays? Yeah, I was, here, you? I was here recording on Wednesdays. It's weird. No one showed up. No no wonder the dog was barking. <laughs> was he? Was he? He was, he was wondering where he was. Oh, speaking of where people are, I should play this. Where did Albert go now? Jamming. Where did Albert go now? Jamming. Not jamming. Yeah. So <laughs> so I went to the the Little Mermaid, an immersive live to film concert experience at the Hollywood Bowl over the weekend. Oh, cool. Yeah. So uh, the, the the main reason why I went there was because I actually know the dog that plays Max on this is the show. <laughs> yeah, that's the person I know. <laughs> uh, okay. His name is Bagel. He's an old English uh, therapy dog, actually. Uh, the link for his Instagram is gonna be in the show notes. So check that out. But essentially, it is exactly what you hear, what you what you imagine from this thing. It's is they kind of play the movie a bit, and they play, they have a live orchestra playing the music, and then they have actors playing uh, singing the singing parts. Okay, that's that's essentially what it is. And just just just, just to name who the actors are. Well, I guess I should play. I should give us at least some kind of honor for the orchestra. Uh, the conductor is Michael Kosarin, right? Uh, Leah Michelle from Glee played Ariel. Harvey Firestein played Ursula. Uh, Cheech Marin played uh, Chef Louise. Oh, or Chef we? Louis. Ken Page is Sebastian. Uh, Peter Gallagher is King Triton. Leo Gallo is Prince Eric. Joshua Turchin as Flounder, and Alan Merkin shows up at the very end, and he plays he plays one of the songs. So, oh, okay, yeah, it's good stuff. Where's it at? The Hollywood Bowl. Oh, okay. Mm, cool. Yeah. Essentially, we we did the whole park and ride thing. We we parked at Hollywood Highland, took the shuttle over there. Um and yeah, that that that, that was an experience because I don't like stack parking. Stack park is, Hollywood Bowl does stack parking, and I'm not a big fan of that. What's stack parking? Stack parking is when they essentially just like put your car to car to car to car. Yeah. Right, oh. So there's a car in front of you, mm-hmm. to your left, to your right, and to your back of you. Yeah. Oh, so essentially, God. you can't escape unless unless yeah. the first car unless everybody else leaves. Right. Unless you happen to be like front of the line, front of the pack, and then you can easily just take to off. Qu- to quote uh, Requiem for a Dream, it's ass to ass. It's ass to ass. Yeah. I'm not sure that's what I should say. Ass to ass. I don't know. It's, it's, a, it's a correct term. Yeah. Yeah. But, but yeah, but Alan Mekin did, did play the uh, the part of your world. He mm-hmm. did that one, so that was mm-hmm. kind of neat. But yeah, and then and then Bagel was like. He shows up. The, the she at least a she dog. She shows up. Uh, I think a, like a handful of times. Not mm-hmm. that, not a lot because you know you can only do so much with an act a, a therapy dog as an actor. Sure. Not really an actor. So yeah. Well, when I think Little Mermaid, I do think of the dog that was in Little Mermaid. It's like, wait, was this a dog? What are <laughs> was you she fluffy about? like the dog in the in Little Mermaid? Yeah, he's an old. English, she's an old English. Oh, dog. it's it's a Prince Eric's Aww. dog, right? Prince, Prince Eric's dog. Yeah, okay, correct, 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 correct. Okay, correct. okay. Correct. All right, fair enough. And Prince Eric's a black guy in this one. If, if that what? Bears, if that bears the picture. what? <laughs> oh, this PC place has gone out of control. This uh, yeah. social justice warriors is out of control. I like my <laughs> prince. White as snow. I don't know, bro. White as what? White as <laughs> snow? Wrong, wrong Disney movie. I have no squad. But yeah, it was good though. Good times. It was good. It was good. You were, you are essentially watching the whole movie, mm-hmm. right? And, and except when they showed the singing part, 
they, they cut into like the live people. Little Mermaid, the movie where it has not aged very well as far as plot and theme and stuff like that. But the music, the song's fantastic. Under uh Under the Sea, what called, uh Part of Your Part World, of world is yeah. fantastic. Yeah, they, they are really great. Oh, yeah. I love it's one of my favorite songs, uh Part of Your World. It's it's fantastic. But, but you're right, because in, in the context of the the movie, the story, mm-hmm. she's supposed to have the prince fall in love and kiss her in three days. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right, and so they after the third day they they get married. So yeah. they essentially they yeah. got married after three days. Yeah, and it's the one where this it's the one. Boy, imagine releasing this movie in this in this time in terms of like like everybody uh, like to point at plot holes and stuff like that. The biggest plot hole is like why can't you just write her name? Just write down your goddamn name, you you dumb ass. Well, she can't write. She's she lives under under the sea. Oh, really? Is that what it is? I, that, I, I, she I can't learn alphabet. She can't learn Actually, a few letters. I take it back because she did sign her name yeah. Ariel, right? On exactly. So what are we what are we talking about here? Yeah, that's true. That and also true. in a, in the era of Me Too, it's not exactly it's not the most progressive Me Too story uh, ever and stuff like that. But again, the songs are fantastic. Some of the best music ever. Yes, I agree, agree. But it was a fun time. Yeah. Uh, they had it for two nights, and we got we did get it for free. Me and Jessica because mm-hmm. we knew one of the players sure. <laughs> at the stage. I know. So, uh-huh. you, we, we get it. You know the you know the dog. I get we, it. You're we connected. Got, we got You're the, Hollywood. Hey, that's the most You're important thing. You're big time now. I, I, get I don't it. need to know Alan Menken or Leah Michelle, but yeah. I know the dog. <laughs> exactly. But but, right. but this is the this is the closest I've ever been to in near the stage for Hollywood Pole. Oh, we, nice. we, we weren't we were close, but we weren't like in those box area. Oh, okay. Anyways, but anyways, on to the show. Uh, on this 237th episode of the show, we are going to talk a little bit more about summer movies. Um, and we are going to talk about petitions because that's apparently all the rage nowadays. Oh, speaking of which, I have a petition for you guys to sign after this, by the way. It's related okay. to Game of Thrones. Oh, really? That's <laughs> yeah. it. Isn't that? Isn't that? And also uh, Batman casting, just FYI. Oh, yeah, So yeah. stick around. Yeah, there's there's, yeah, there's, there's okay. that too. And uh, we're, of course, going to be talking about Game of Thrones Season 8. Of oh, course, don't spoil it. I haven't seen it yet. <laughs> <laughs> well, too bad because we sure. are going to be yeah. spoiling it. On the I have two hundred dollars bet in Vegas that uh, Daenerys uh, is the, is ends up in the throne. So don't spoil it. Oh, fingers crossed, guys. Fingers crossed. Yeah. Fingers crossed. Hope nothing bad happens to her. <laughs> Jeez, Louise. <laughs> okay, we're going to move on now. <laughs> so we're recording this right before Memorial Day weekend. Used to be what was actually the start of the summer movie season. But because of Disney, that's gra- that's greatly changed. Now, like the last week of April, now is the, the start of summer movie season. <laughs> it's basically whenever uh, Disney or whenever actually Marvel decides to release their first movie. You know what I mean? Well, you know, so that's yeah. The but they didn't have to. They didn't have to do that. <laughs> they didn't have to, but they did. Didn't they? <laughs> right. So, but I think a lot of the studios still consider Memorial Day weekend as the first of the summer uh, movies because if you look at the past two weeks, you know there wasn't anything really huge, huge. Mm-hmm. You know, but but the point is that on the uh, the Geekdom fancast, me and Jumping did do an episode doing our summer movie wager. Uh, every year here in the stuff and junk and spoilers, please, we do do we did used to do a summer movie draft, which we will pick movies and put them in our team, and then compete and who gets the most in the box office. So we're, we're moving <laughs> that we're, we're we're tossing that away. Uh, it's just simply a summer movie wager. We do a top ten list. We we rank it based on on what we think is going to do the best. Number one, etc. Et et <laughs> Sorry, the only the only reason I laugh is because remember I did it all wrong. <laughs> yes, I'll, I'll mention that in a bit here. <laughs> so so on, we we did uh, we did a friendly wager uh, friendly wager at, with the Geekdom Fancast podcasters uh, Derek and Mike, and the, the wager was that uh, between the four of us, me, Jamming, Derek, and Mike, uh, whoever gets to win. Individually, gets to choose which uh, which movies the three of us are going to to watch, right? And then we also did a friendly wager from podcast versus podcast. So, who which podcast had the best points? 
uh, gets to gets to decide what movie in theaters the other podcast uh, gets to watch. Mm-hmm. It's that kind of a thing. Uh, you don't have to choose a bad movie, although that's the funny part about mm-hmm. it. You, you force somebody to watch a bad movie, but yeah. you don't have to. You, ha- you don't have to jump in. You don't have yeah. to. If they lose, I'm making them watch uh, Sonic the Hedgehog. <laughs> I don't think it's on somebody yet. <laughs> yeah. But, but um, so I think that's how it goes. Uh, we do, if you look at the, the show notes, we do have the list of everybody participating or at least who contributed to the summer movie wager, not just me, jumping Mike, and Derek. Uh, Lewis from from the comic strip is on there as well, as well as Rudy and Tyler from the from the Grand Geek Gathering. Uh, the link is there to see everybody's thing. Rudy made a mistake of choosing her list alphabetically. What? So Aladdin <laughs> is actually number one on her list. Listen again, I repeat, the instructions were not clear. Yes, yes, yes. Fair enough. But but <laughs> point is, is that uh, so if you go by the the scoring system right now, Derek is actually in the lead with twenty four points. What? Uh, Ruthie is down at number 12 uh, 12 points mm-hmm. and uh, oh I'm sorry uh, currently right now <laughs> Lewis is actually number one what <laughs> at what? 24 yes. points no that's a genuine what really because right. remember the, the, the points will change depending yeah, on the standing yeah. how it changes right so right now wait, Lewis wait, wait, is actually so in the lead with 24 points just because really? he picked the long shot right uh no no that's that, that's that's that's, sorry, that's okay. Eric. All right. No, Lewis got it because of Avengers, uh, Detective Pikachu, A Dog's Journey, and Tolkien. Oh my God! Okay, never mind. Right. I'm sorry. That was a genuine yeah, sneeze. I know, <laughs> I know it I'm sounds not, like Pikachu. I'm not gonna know. take that seriously. Okay. Yeah. And on. then and, and then Derek is number two with 22 points. Uh, Mike is at Mike is at 19. Uh, Jamie is at 18. Mm-hmm. Me and Tyler are at 17, and then Ruth is at 12. Yeah, I was feeling pretty good about this, except. Pikachu's not making that much money. I thought Pikachu would make a lot more. It's Domestically, not, yeah, it's, yeah, it's kind of disappointing. Even international is not making that much money. So it's making yeah. more than this. <laughs> yeah, I thought it would end up in the high two hundreds. It's not even going to. It's probably end up being like one thirty something. So ugh. yeah, we'll know. see. We'll see. Uh, but on on that episode in the Geekdom Fancast, which the link is on the show notes, uh, we did talk about Avengers Endgame, Detective Pikachu, John Wick Three, uh, Long Shot. Yeah, we did long shot. Mm-hmm. Many Black Internationals, Spider-Man Far From Home, Toy Story 4, Rocket Man, uh, The Secret Life of Pets 2, Dark Phoenix. What else am I missing here? Um Oh, Godzilla 2, Men in Black International already said that. Dark Phoenix already said that. John Wick 3 already said that. Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, Long Shot, Rocket Man, Aladdin, Dora and the Lost City of Gold, Child's Play yesterday, which apparently has been moved to the fall. So sorry, Mike. And then uh, Angry Birds 2 and Annabelle Comes Home. So those are the movies we did mention on that episode. I'll take a listen to that to hear what we said about that. But on this segment, I kind of want to focus on some of the, the movies that we did talk about, right? Uh, like Brightburn, for example. Mm-hmm. Brightburn actually comes out this weekend as we're recording this. Uh, Ruthie, do you know what that is? Nope. Nope. Okay, hold on. Let me, <laughs> let me, let me just do no, this. Oh, here we go. What is the plot summary of the movie Brightburn? Here's the synopsis of Brightburn. What if a child from another world crash landed on Earth, but instead of becoming a hero to mankind, he proved to be something far more sinister? With Brightburn, the visionary filmmaker of Guardians of the Galaxy and Slither presents a startling, subversive take on a radical new genre, superhero horror. Yeah, it looks very interesting. What if Superman went bad? Mm-hmm. Essentially, mm-hmm. what it is. This is something actually that's been explored a lot in comic books. books. Yeah, yeah they, they've done the, they've taken a, the superhero, I mean Superman, and they kind of subverted expectations and stuff like that. You know, there's been examples of him being, when he crash lands, he, he actually, uh, what do you call it, he, he's actually taken in by the government and the government uses it as a weapon. You know, there's been a lot of adaptations of, there's been a lot of uh, 
uh, comic book series like this. And this is the first time they've done it in the movies. I think it's great. It, it's a rated R. It's a hard R. It's too. a hard R, yeah. You know? It's great. I think movies like this and Deadpool are necessary to push the, the the superhero kind of genre forward and stuff like that. So, yeah. Well, to catch it up so, with, the, with what comic books can do in the comic books. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. It needs a, uh, it needs a lot of flavors. This, 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 you can't just be Marvel. It can't just be DC and stuff like that. There should, there should be movies, uh, a lot more movies like this. And then so after, cool. after each mentioned movie, we're going to ask the non-movie goer person here. So, Ruti, something that you would watch? Um, not in the movies. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> just okay. to be honest. That's fine. That's yeah. fine. I'd mean, probably wait for it to come the, the, out on that, the cable. That, that, is your posi- that is your position in the podcast. So, yeah. so ne- next up, we have Booksmart. Now, once again, I'll, I'll go ahead and ask for the summary. Mm-hmm. What is the plot summary of the movie Booksmart? Here's the synopsis of Booksmart. Academic overachievers Amy and Molly thought keeping their noses to the grindstone gave them a leg up on their high school peers, but on the eve of graduation, the best friends suddenly realize that they may have missed out on the special moments of their teenage years. Determined to make up for lost time, the girls decide to cram four years of not-to-be-missed fun into one night, a chaotic adventure that no amount of book smarts could prepare them for. So is this a female version of Superbad? A little bit, yeah, a little bit. Mm-hmm. I guess so. Mm-hmm. Have you, did you watch Superbad, Ruthie? I did, yeah. So Not imagine the female version of that, I <laughs> guess. Um, I guess it's like super bad, but no, I didn't watch super bad in movies, and I don't think I'm going to watch this in movies. I'll probably if if I randomly, I think like in the future, if I randomly see this on TV, I might watch it. Okay, yeah. out of boredom. For this one, the trailer looks excellent, yeah. and it premiered at South by Southwest to a lot of. Uh, acclaim and buzz and stuff like that. It's the first movie directed by Olivia Wilde. She's been around like forever as an actress and stuff like that. This is her first f- feature length movie and it looks great. I'm 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 I'm, I'm gonna watch it. I'm all in myself. All right. Next up we have Ma. Uh, what is okay. nope nope. I've seen the commercials. Nope. I'm not into the the horror genre. <laughs> what is the plot summary of Ma? Here's the synopsis of Ma. A lonely middle-aged woman befriends some teenagers and decides to let them party in the basement of her home. But there are some house rules. One of the kids has to stay sober, don't curse, and never go upstairs. They must also refer to her as Ma. But as Ma's hospitality starts to curdle into obsession, what began as a teenage dream turns into a terrorizing nightmare, and Ma's place goes from the best place in town to the worst place on earth. I didn't realize they have the trailer didn't show the rule about one of them right. has to be sober. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't, that's a spoiler, Google. Yeah, hey, hmm. Google kind of is, kind of is. But uh, I'm not a real big horror person, and you know, this is same the same kind of thing as you know, uh, Saw or Purge. I'm not, get it's, out, it's, yeah, get out. Oh, mm-hmm. not get out, but, but you know, it's horror. It's, it's like uh, cheapy horror movies, and it's, it's not a genre I'm not, I'm not into. But you know. If it if it gets good buzz, I'll, I might watch it one day on Netflix. Yeah, I mean, I mean, it's it has it's got it has Octavia Spencer playing yeah. a bad lady mm-hmm. kind of thing. I'm just glad she's not playing a maid or someone who's helping out and stuff like that. It's a good role for her. Yeah, I do appreciate it's a good that role for her. It's a, I do appreciate. Yeah, I, I honestly just on diversity, uh, right? Yeah, diversity. You yeah. know, yeah. she has had other roles after that movie, right? Well, yeah, but has she though? Has she really? She has been mostly typecast, so this is exactly. good. This yeah. is a good diversion to her. Yeah. yeah, to her filmography. Yeah. All right. Next up, we have Late Night. What is the plot summary of the movie Late Night? Here's the synopsis of Late Night. A late night talk show host's world is turned upside down when she hires her first and only female staff writer. Originally intended to smooth over diversity concerns, her decision brings about unexpectedly hilarious consequences as the two women who are separated by culture and generation become united by their love of a biting punchline. Yeah. So I think this is nice because uh, Mindy Kaling gets to be a co-star. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And she wrote it. Mm-hmm. 
And she also wrote sure, it. Sure, sure. Oh. And, stuff like that. Yeah. and, you know, I, back in the day, I love David Letterman. So, I, so this is a, a riff on Letterman. Yeah, it's like a female David Letterman. Female David Letterman. So I, just looking at the trailer, the aesthetics is very David Letterman-ish and stuff like that. And it's very topical. And it's interesting. It's the fact that it's two females, but it's also generational and cultural and stuff like that. It looks interesting. I like it. Right. I just, just to move things along, I'm just going to go through this real quick. Sure. Uh, the Dead Don't Die. Are you guys familiar with that? The Dead mm, Don't nope. Die. Is that the Jim Jarmusch movie? Yes, it is. Yeah, okay. okay. It's a zombie movie. Yeah. It's a it's a, it's a a comedy zombie movie. Right. But if you know Jim Jarmusch movie, mm-hmm. that's a, probably a bad <laughs> description of the right. movie. But I heard, <laughs> I think it was just released in Cannes. I think the the buzz wasn't that great on it, though. So I'm, well, that, that I'm going to wait for the, the reviews if I'm going to watch it in theaters. What are his other movies? Oh, here. Ghost what dogs, are uh, Jim Jarmusch's movies? Jim Jarmusch's movies include Patterson, The Dead Don't Die, and 42 Others. 42 Others. <laughs> uh, you got Only Lovers Left Alive. Mm-hmm. You got Dead Man starring Johnny Depp. Coffee and Cigarettes, Down by Law, Stranger Than Paradise, Ghost Dog, Broken yes. Flowers, Night on Earth. So they're very much very like melancholic in- type movies. Yeah. Right. They're very indie, yes. It's a very yeah. indie. And Patterson was the uh, Adam Driver movie, right? Adam Driver. I right. saw that one. Right? Yeah. yeah. That was his last movie, I think. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. good. Uh, Anna, which is the uh, Luc Besson movie. Oh, is that actually directed by Luc Besson? I, saw, I just saw a trailer for it in front of uh, uh, John Wick. Okay, I don't know if it's directed, but it's a Luc Besson movie. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> it's very much in the tradition of uh, uh, the Makita and yeah. stuff like that. You super, know? Supermodel, that's assassin. Yeah. Supermodel, yeah. Yeah. You got Midsommar, which is from the yes. guy who did... Uh, Hereditary. Hereditary. He's, he made two movies in a, in a, uh, in a row. That's, that's interesting. Yeah. yeah. Looks creepy as F, man. Looks good. I can actually, I can recap it a little bit. It basically, it's about a group of late 20, no, early 30 something, and specifically a couple. And it's a boy and a girl. Uh, he was gonna, the, bo- the the guy was about to take a uh, midsummer trip to Europe with his buddies, but then the girlfriend something happened to her. She's full of drama and nothing. But anyway, it sounds very spoilery. I, the, the trailer doesn't say all this. No, but this is just a plot. But they but so then but the trailer doesn't say all this. Yeah, it does. It does. The second trailer does. You didn't see the trailer? I haven't seen the second. Oh, uh, okay. So they all decide to go on a, a, a tr- they all decide to go on this European trip, and then it's uh, hijinks ensue and stuff like that. Hijinks ensue. Yeah. It's uh, no, I don't want to spoil it too much then, but yeah. it's basically a road trip, uh, to Europe and stuff like that, and they 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 think it's a spiritual retreat and stuff like that, but it turns out more than meets the eyes. Speaking of hijinks, hmm. uh, next movie we have up is Stuber. It's what's Stuber? It's an Uber driven by a guy named Stu, mm-hmm. hence Stuber. <laughs> it stars Dave Bautista and uh, Kumail yeah. Nanjiani. David Bautista and Kumail Nanjiani. The synopsis is basically he is uh, Dave Batista is a police officer who just got LASIK, so he can't see, he can't is drive. Is that the thing? I didn't oh, get you know the trailer. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. oh, oh so it's a comedy. Yeah, so it's he a comedy, yeah, it's yeah. A com- so he has to commandeer uh, Camille's uh, Uber, Uber and stuff yeah. like that, and then he's you know hijinks and suit. And the first trailer was actually eh, whatever. But then they just released an international trailer uh, today. Actually, the second trailer looks really good. It makes it's, it's, a, it's a comedy. It's a it's a buddy action comedy movie. It's good. It looks good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know what also looks good. Uh, scary stories to tell in the dark yep. for us horror fans, mm-hmm. right? But well, I guess we can move on to that. Uh, good boys, uh, explain to us what good boys that's, is. That's that one. This one is basically super bad, but they just minus the age. You know, super bad was like eighteen year old. They just took uh, six years off that. You know what I mean? Seriously? So they South Park? <laughs> more, more, yeah, more South Park the movie. It's basically South Park. Oh yes, that's a good comparison. Yeah. Oh, interesting. Yeah. It's basically 10, 11 year olds, three boys, and they're kind of, you know, they're going through life kind of, but it's, they curse, they, 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 they go on the web to look up porn stuff. You know, it's just, 
it's it looks really funny though. It looks really good. If you mm. check, if you check oh, out the so trailer, it's kind of like mm-hmm. now and then, except the the boy version in 2019. Yeah, it's kind of very raunchy, but it's very raunchy. But like it's filtered through a 11 year old, 12 year old. I mean, it's uh, one the, the first trailer actually is actually uh, Seth Rogen talking to the actors about the movie that they're in, and they're saying, and Seth Rogen, okay, the trailer's ready, but the thing is, you guys, you guys can't watch it. You're like, what? What do you mean? We're in the movie. He's like, <laughs> no, yeah, I understand. But you guys are too young to watch this red band trailer and stuff like that. So, <laughs> are they making a red a, a red R movie? Yeah, it's R. It's a hard R, man. It's <laughs> a hard R, man. I don't know any of the jokes, but a lot of the jokes evolve yeah, sex toys. I and actually stuff like that. have not seen the trailer yet. It yes. looks hilarious. Okay, that's another movie that actually premiered in in uh, South by Southwest that, to a lot of acclaim and stuff like that. Looks you, great. You know what else is out? The Water. Here Next we movie, we got Forty Seven Meters Down, Uncaged, Here the sequel to Forty Seven Meters Down. Did he leave the girl down there? Is that what? Is that what it is? No, 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 no. <laughs> is it another girl that got trapped? I don't know. Really? If Ma- I don't know if Mandy Moore's in this one too. So shrug. It's, I, a, it's like Die Hard. Oh no, not again! It's Die Hard in the shark cage. <laughs> not again! How did this happen to me twice? <laughs> okay, next movie we got. Where'd you go, Bernadette? Go ahead, Ruthie. Synopsis one. <laughs> um, sure. I have. Rah, rah, rah. I gotta uh, Google this. Okay, I guess, I guess I'll Google it. Hold on, hold on, hold on. What's the title again? What is the plot summary for the movie Where'd You Go, Bernadette? Here's the synopsis of Where'd You Go, Bernadette. Bernadette Fox seems to have it all a beautiful home, a loving husband, and a brilliant teenage daughter. When Bernadette suddenly disappears, oh. her concerned family sets off on an exciting okay. adventure to solve the mystery of where she might have gone. I believe that's a Kate Blanchett movie, right? Correct. They just literally released a trailer a few days ago. So they, yeah. they redid the trailer. Uh-huh. The first, oh, the first trailer was was about the where'd you go, where'd you yeah, go, and yeah. then the second trailer was all about like her, mm-hmm. like she was an architect, okay. and then she got kind of like sucked up being a mom, and now she wants yeah. to go back to being an architect again, yeah. but she now goes on this. It kind of spoils where she goes actually. Sure. The second trailer is it like Eat Pray Love or something like that? She just goes on a spiritual journey and stuff. Like I that? probably or like that. The... I have a feeling it's probably more like Blue Jasmine. No, no, no. Way. <laughs> Blue Jasmine is a depressing movie. I don't think this is a depressing uh, movie. <laughs> maybe this might be the com- comedic version of Blue Jasmine. Sure, sure. I love Kate Blanchett, but I think I'm just going to rewatch Thor Ragnarok. Thor Ragnarok. <laughs> okay, uh, cool. And then last on my list right here is uh, Angel Has Fallen, which is the sequel to Olympus Has Fallen, which is the sequel to. Oh, no, Olympus Has Fallen was the first one. The second one was Something London, Has L- Fallen. London Has Fallen. London Has Fallen. Or, yeah, and then now it's Angel Has Fallen. Sure. I did not like any of these movies. I thought they were kind of like stupid to the point of just yeah. stupid. So remember that year. The but first I'm one- still gonna watch this. <laughs> Are you serious? Are you serious right now? I must have finished the trilogy. I must have finished the trilogy. Oh my God, good lord! Remember the, the year that Olympus Has Fallen came out? Came out in the same year as Channing Tatum. Yes. And, yeah. White House Down. What's funny is the White House Down. I saw both. White House Down is actually a better. White movie. House Down is a better movie, but it did worse in the box office. Which is weird. The comedy. Yeah. Yeah. The characters were better. The comedy was better. I thought. And both president, and wait, no, what, and the president for White House Done was was oh I think it was black also. Oh jeez. No. <laughs> Aaron Eckhart was a president in, in, in Olympus is down, and then now with the angel has fallen is Morgan Freeman because Morgan Freeman was the vice president right, before. Yeah, exactly. Right, right, the thing right. about Olympus was down. The thing I didn't like about it, it was so mean spirited. I remember at some point the Korean guy, the terrorist guy, kept kicking. One of the one of the secretaries. Of yes, yes. Yeah. It's just unnecessarily brutal and harsh and stuff yeah. like that. It was just nasty. <laughs> it was a nasty movie and stuff like that. So anyway, 
I'm not looking. I'm not gonna watch it. I'm unlike you. I don't have to complete the trilogy. <laughs> complete the trilogy. Whatever, yeah. whatever your reasoning is. I gotta see what happens to Gerard Butler now. I, I can feel he, he, he's he, pretty much gonna be playing Jack Bauer in this one because he's like framed for whatever, yeah. whatever. You know. Yeah, it's twenty four. Anyway, so yeah, so those are like summer <laughs> movies that are coming out this summer, obviously. Uh, and once again, if you want to listen to the conversation we had with the summer movie wager, check out the Geekdom Fancast. You can find that on iTunes or just click on the link, and then it'll take you there. So uh, last week, last week we did talk about the uh, subject of parasocial relationship, which essentially is when people get too attached to a celebrity, a fictional figure, a sports team, or whatever, and they get way, way too personal about it whenever something bad happens to them, or if they get feel betrayed by it. You can see where this is going with a certain show that we're we'll talk about later on. But so just just to revisit it, because Jamie wasn't part of, wasn't part of the conversation. Um, do you consider it? like an investment it's a life investment that's the reason why they get so personal about it when mm-hmm. it doesn't meet their satisfaction i think i've mentioned this before i think it's a lot of times people just need a good hug from their parents and stuff like that you know what i mean oh sure <laughs> it could be it too yeah just a good deep hug you know from the parents you know, talk we'll talk to your or talk to a therapist and stuff like that you know what i mean yeah, because it, it, it does seem like they're, they're being way too invested in their investment of right. something that doesn't shouldn't really affect them this much. Yeah, yeah not this yeah. much. I think, it, I mean, to a certain level, yes, we're affected. We could get affected because we're just emotional beings and we naturally react to uh, enter, things like entertainment and, you know, even fictional stories. But we shouldn't be so invested that we're literally hurt and, like, getting depressed or not getting out of bed or calling out of work for the next day. Like it's, it shouldn't be that bad. After all, at the end of the day, it's still entertainment. Yeah. And here's my whole thing. I think art is important. I think, you know, going to the movies, watching movies or watching TV, reading a book, I think it's important. I think it helps shape our worldview and stuff like that. But I realize that as a whole, as, you know, as, as a large abstract kind of a way, you know what I mean? I don't think people should get fixated on individual pieces of art, you know what I mean? It shouldn't be that important, you know what I mean? It shouldn't matter that Luke Skywalker didn't end up fighting the first order. You know what I mean? You know what I'm saying? It, it, spoilers. Whatever. From a, from a movie two years ago. Relax, Albert. But you know what I'm saying? You shouldn't be fixed. You shouldn't be that Use your fi- metaphors. Oh, Jesus. You shouldn't be that fixated on individual pieces of art or individual you know, movies or TV shows, you know what I mean? Like I said, you should appreciate art and and love art, and art's important. But like I said, as a whole, as a as a whole, as a total experience and stuff like that. But not like shouldn't be that fixated. You should be able to move on with the rest of your life if the piece of art that you just saw or read doesn't you know meet your expectations and stuff. You know? Yeah. If if you're investing in stocks or if you invested in a house and it doesn't work out in the end, I can see why you'd be pissed off about it. Because I mean, that's actually your livelihood. Yeah. That's actually that's gonna actually affect your life. But something that happens in a TV show or movie <laughs> yeah. that you don't agree with doesn't really affect you. Yeah, and also there's nothing wrong with being critical of a piece of art. There's nothing wrong with discussing it, finding, uh, pointing out uh, mistakes or things or things that 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 you find uh, troubling or you know, there's nothing wrong with that. But you know, just if you take it too far, if you sign petitions, if you you know email death threats and stuff like that, that's just taking a step too far. You know what I mean? Yeah, there's, there's that's constructive just... ways of, of 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 showing your displeasure, but not you know. It's like an entitlement. It's like an entitlement issue. Exactly. Like, like they're the only person in the world who deserves to be entertained the way that they want to. When yeah. no, it's not meant for them. It's meant for 
Actually, it's meant for the producers, for the art makers, for those involved in the story, really, to tell the story the way they see fit, the way they want to. Yeah. And correct, we're just correct. there for the entertainment on the other side of it. Yeah. If, you wanna, if you if you want to have entertainment the way you want to enjoy it, then make your own movie or watch your own watch the show that you want to that makes you happy. Don't watch a show that you feel isn't going in the storyline that you want it to and then get mad at the people who yeah. Yeah. like are in control and you're not. Unless you're happy to like name your kid after the supposed hero what? and suddenly the supposed hero became a bad person. <laughs> yeah. And then you're like, um, I should have changed your name. Yeah. <laughs> I hear my whole thing. This is coming from a guy who loved Terminator as a little kid and stuff like that. And one of the worst movie going experiences I've had recently is Terminator Genesis. You know what I mean? That's a horrible, horrible movie. I, I paid good money to sit through and stuff like that. But at the end of the day, you know, hey, it's still a movie. Yeah, it's still a movie. I let it go like a few minutes later. You know what I mean? It's like eh, whatever. It 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 happens. You know, I I I don't blame. I mean, it's not like anybody intentionally goes out to make a bad movie or a bad TV show and stuff like that. You know what I mean? It's, they make mistakes. You know, they f up. And like I said, what are you gonna do? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's not that big a deal. Well, you know what, what, I mean? what are they going to do? Oh, they're going to sign a petition on change.org. Yeah. Again, after the podcast, guys, I have a little petition for you guys to sign. <laughs> so, so yeah, I'm, I'm bringing this up again because of the fact that, yeah, people are, are having petitions about a certain show that we're going to talk about later in Game of Thrones. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I thought I thought it'd be funny to just go over some of the petitions that are, are on change.org. Change.org, which is a website that's supposed to do like actual real good, mm-hmm. not like try and change the fate of a TV show. <laughs> so I, I thought it'd be funny just to kind of cover it right here. So, of course, there's the remake Game of Thrones season eight with competent writers. Sign that. Mm-hmm. Now, here's the question. Uh, you want to guess how many people signed it? Uh, it's up to 655,000. Are you serious? <laughs> no, I'm just guessing. <laughs> I'm guessing 1.5 million. You're saying 1.5 million, and the answer mm. to that is uh, 1. 1.435 oh. million. Oh, that's a lot of oh. losers. That's a lot of losers changing or making up a new email <laughs> accounts. Yeah. Okay, go ahead. Right. Next up, we got uh, Warner Brothers. Don't do it. Don't cast Robert Pattinson as Batman. Uh, I signed that as well. <laughs> Did you really sign that? Are you joking? Are you joking? Of course not. Wait, are they are they actually going to consider that? Oh look, oh Rudy's gonna sign his already. Yeah, yeah, it is. Robert Pattinson. It's a good choice, by the way. I know it's not the point, but that's a really good choice for Batman. He's, we know he know we know he knows how to how to brood. Yeah, he's actually a good actor. If you watch him in his in his indie films, yeah, he's actually a pretty good actor. Yeah, no, I know, but it's just I I still have vampire teeth stuck yeah. out at me. A lot my, of people do. I haven't seen a lot of his recent work to be to be fair, but the thing is, I he's one of those actors where I admire because he's one of those actors that made a lot of money when, a few years ago. He doesn't really need to work, so all the choices. Mm-hmm. He's made since he made all that money is just like for artistic reasons, you know what I mean? Right. He, yeah. he does nothing but low budget artistic movies and stuff like that. So I, I actually respect it would a lot. be ironic to be to go from vampire to Batman. Batman. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's kind of funny. Yeah. I mean, I actually did not put two and two together until you mentioned yeah. that. Yeah. Uh, you want to guess how many uh, have signed this so far after this recording? Eight hundred thousand. Um, eighty, fifty. Uh, four thousand seven hundred five. Oh, yeah. Okay. Uh, of course, there are petitions <laughs> to save shows like Daredevils had the clear to diet star that exists. Sure. Um, there are nothing other, wrong with that. I have no problem with that. Yeah, there, there, there mm-hmm. are ones where they say a remastered uh, Star Trek Deep Space Nine in full HD because that isn't been in HD yet. That's fine. It's no yeah. different than people asking for the Abyss and and True Lies yeah. to come out on Blu-ray. Yeah, but know. this is really what we're talking about. There's nothing toxic or angry about those petitions and stuff. Those make sense. Maybe, they, but maybe these will make you angry. There's mm-hmm. a petition here to make Shrek the national bird. Oh, excuse me, <laughs> make Shrek. You know, the, for the for the movie, the national bird. Shrek the ogre. Yeah. 
I'm Shrek. That doesn't I'm even a make sense. That doesn't even make any sense because Shrek's not a, a bird, and also it's not real. That doesn't, that doesn't make any sense. That's just idiotic. That's you, you know what's about. not real? I have to ask you. How many people have signed this in your guess? Oh my god! How many dumb people are? How many people uh, voted for Trump? Uh, uh, Sixty-five million. Thirty. What's your guess? Um, come on, I. I do people actually t- pay attention to that? There's a petition on my real guess is 10,000. 2,000. I say 2,000. It's 52,507. <laughs> when I clicked on this, there was actually one more person that just signed it. Yeah, oh <laughs> some idiot. Is it Mike Myers? Is that what it was? Can you see who signed it? I have to sign this. Yeah. Uh, okay, there's another one that's actually ready to animate stuff. Make Lightning McQueen Healy Crocs in adult sizes. Because normally they make this for kids for obvious yeah. reasons, but apparently there are adults who yeah. who really want it in adult prices. That I don't really mind because this that's just not what we're talking about. This is not toxic stuff that we're kind of. You want to guess how many people signed this one? Uh, me, because uh, I I want it in the large size. Just me, one. Um, jumping thirty thousand, ten thousand again, sixty six thousand. Oh, jeez, four hundred nineteen. Oh. All right. Well then, in that case, I mean, we'll go, we'll go back to your to your disgruntled people. I'm surprised you haven't you haven't mentioned the big one. Uh, there's remove David Benioff and DB Wise from working okay, on any one. future okay. Star Wars films. Okay, <laughs> there's that one. I still I mean, that's not the one I'm thinking about though. That's not the one you're thinking about. It's the uh, mine's the the grandfather of them all. The the Snyder cut Snyder cut. Oh no, I I didn't bring it up. Okay. Sorry, sorry. Okay, that's just an online thing. There. Okay, I mean that's just that's a Twitter. I, thing, it yes. might be in change of org. I just yeah, didn't I see it. Mm-hmm. Uh, remove David Benioff and David Weiss, the showrunners for Game sure. of Thrones and HBO, from working on any future Star Wars film because the next Star Wars movie is gonna be theirs. Mm-hmm. So yeah, uh, want to guess how many so far? Hundred thousand. Ruthie. Mm, I say five hundred thousand. Fifteen thousand. Oh, okay. oh really? Okay. Yeah. So I guess the word hasn't spread out yet for yeah. this petition that's mm-hmm. out there. Have has Disney officially said that the next trilogy are, is theirs? Yes. I think they have, right? Okay. They have. Okay. They have. Okay. Uh, this is one is a funny one. Uh, hire Hannah Waddingham to walk behind the uh, the the David David Benioff and David Weiss. The game. Oh, Hannah Waddingham. You have to edit this out. I have no idea what you're talking about. I have no idea what you're talking about. Let me let me say this again. Yeah, hire Hannah Waddingham okay. to walk behind D and D, which is uh, David Weiss and David okay. Benham. Hannah Waddingham is shame. Oh, shame. Oh. Shame. Oh. shame. Yes. H. Christ. <laughs> so oh. there's that. Okay. Uh, how many? So the classic bit that they came up with, they want to use that against the people that actually created that classic thing that they they love and stuff like that. Yeah, okay. it's kind of funny actually. Okay, I, okay, I was right. trying just for comedy. All right. But uh, want to guess? Two. Two. Um, Ruthie? <laughs> 50. Uh, 4,321. Right, right. No. <laughs> God damn it. It's still kind of low. I mean, I mean, it could be higher, right? And then here's another one. Uh, Game of Thrones fans, put your money where your mouth is. No, no. So, I'm, I'm not giving my money to another wall. No, no. You're not going to fool me. You're not going to fool me again. So, so they're saying essentially is um, uh, pay for the season eight. Yeah. That's what it is. <laughs> sure. All right. Good luck yeah. with that. Uh, I'm just gonna say it's oh two two more people decided just now oh oh, oh three more people decided <laughs> all right all right it's at uh, two thousand and oh oh we just made up two thousand eight you know now. thinking since we've been, <laughs> since we've been talking about this I I kind of remember I I did sign one of these petitions and you want to guess what petition I signed the remake of Star Wars last Jedi <laughs> oh, come on man I'm not nuts so come on man give me some credit yeah but essentially this this petition is like we the fans are willing to pay 
100 million dollars and wait two years for a worthy finale remake. So we have to wait two years and use our own money. Well, they got to make the movie. They got to make it again. The petition, the one petition I did sign of all these that you've, you know, ever. It's to have the James Gunn actually we hired uh, as Guardian of the Galaxy 3. Oh, yes, yes. Yeah, I did sign that one. And that was a success. Mm -hmm. I, I don't think that one was a toxic one or one that's done out of anger. So correct, I, correct. So, okay, I think oh, but, I'm good. But, okay, the next one here. Stop signing petitions forcing, forcing TV shows and movies to meet your demands. I'll, petition. For, <laughs> for me, that link. I would like to sign that petition. <laughs> yeah. So far, only uh, 2,100 people have signed this yeah. one. Uh, here's the opening line. Petitions were previously started in order to spread awareness of important issues like canine AIDS and why Girl Scout cookies should be sold year-round. Recently, across the, in- access the internet and the thought that disliking a story was worthy of coming together in the face of opposition, inspiring entitled fans to take it upon themselves to make lofty demands about why the creators of movie team, blah, 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 blah. I don't know, getting some negative tweets or something. It's time to take a stand against those taking a stand against witnessing narratives unfold in ways we didn't expect and pledge to never sign a petition demanding those fat cats in Hollywood adhere to our stupid, stupid ideas. <laughs> All right. That. Uh, and then I got one more petition here to mention here. Uh, oh, no, it's not. That's the last petition that I have listed down here. But there's an article here about you can't change your favorite pop culture, but you can change how you engage with it. It's an article on Polygon.com that I think is worth reading. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. So there you go. Petitions. Remember the times where people said, oh, online petitions, they don't go anywhere. How times have changed. Times have indeed (laughs) changed. We do everything online now. Oh, here's the new slash door. Ruthie just stepped out of the podcast right now. Uh, She had to go. So -hmm. it's just going to be me and jumping, unfortunately. So uh, she'll talk about it next week. Maybe. We'll see. All right. Anyways, as of this recording, it's currently 4.17 a.m. on May 22nd, Wednesday in Dubrovnik, Croatia. And it's time we take a look and see what's going on. I did choose that place because you know why? That's where Game of Thrones is uh, filmed. Uh, specifically? Uh, the Dothraki stuff. No. Ethos. King's Landing. King's Landing? Right, King's, Landing. King's Landing. King's mm-hmm. Landing. Uh, you know what else it's time for? No. It's time for... All right, uh, so as we're moving things along, uh, the, the new Minecraft Earth, have you seen the commercial? It offers an AR experience like Pokemon Go. Mm-hmm. Essentially, you get to put like your Minecraft stuff around real world. Okay. Yeah, so there's that. There's that. I think a lot of people are probably going to play it. Okay, I haven't seen it. Okay. Uh, Sony has agreed to use Microsoft Azure cloud services mm-hmm. for future projects with, with the PlayStation. Right. Which, it's, which in itself kind of like like the the PlayStation Five development team were like, what? Yeah. So that that's surprising, but mm-hmm. yeah. but hey, then also as part of the deal, aren't they going to try and develop movies based on uh, PlayStation games or something? Is that is that also part they're, of it? They've already been doing that though. Right. Okay. Yeah. But I thought that's that a has, has nothing to do with that though. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Time the news. Uh, Hulu is now reportedly the second largest live TV streaming service, larger than YouTube TV and DirecTV now. Makes sense. I think got a boost from Disney. That's why. Yeah, and also you know Disney has bought up all the shares that they didn't own after uh, Fox, the Fox deal. So Fox before they had. You mentioned this last week. Oh, you mentioned. Oh, then never mind. Why am I mentioning this then? How dare you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyways. Oh, that's the news. I should really listen to the pocket. You can also uh, now watch an all Ahsoka Tano cut of Star Wars Rebels on YouTube. 
Oh, really? If you've seen Rebels and you want to just see her stuff oh, in right. it, mm-hmm. there's a 46-minute cut that shows nothing but Asaka Tano okay. stuff. Yeah. Watch Star Wars Rebels. It's a good show. Maybe I will someday. Maybe I get that Disney Plus. Oh, Disney Plus. Okay. Uh, Chicago has become the first city to collect Netflix tax. Are you serious? I didn't hear this. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. So that that's that's a thing. That um yeah. That's, Interesting. That's a thing. From the company Netflix or from the individual customers that 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 uh, subscribes to Netflix. Oh, here. Let me, let me go ahead and click on the link. Mm-hmm. Just just to get. This. Oh, wait. Then, then. I thought you read it. So. The, well, I'm not like wait. Okay. Chicago has collected $2 million in tax from Sony, Eventbrite, and Fandango, becoming the first large city to successfully tax digital streaming and service providers. Uh, the four-year-old levy, dubbed the Netflix tax, still faces a lawsuit from a group representing Netflix, Amazon Prime, and Spotify customers. There you go. That makes Other sense. cities and states are considering taxing digital services as more and more shopping movies online. Shopping moves online. Mm-hmm. Uh, Game of Thrones series finale sets all-time HBO ratings record. At uh, you already know the number? Uh, 19.3. 19.3 million viewers. And then three years prior to that, uh, the Big Bang Theory signed off after 12 seasons of CBS with 18.52 million viewers. Mm-hmm. And consider the fact that HBO is a cable, uh, a premium cable service versus something that you can watch on like free TV. Mm-hmm. So, pretty impressive game. Of and also, just FYI, I have not seen one episode of game, uh, Big Bang Theory. I'm, I'm kind of proud of that. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I see a couple and still not my jam, but yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Time the news. And that's what's going on. Uh, before we talk about Game of Thrones season eight, uh, just in case the listeners actually care, Ruthie, you can people find. Oh wait, she's gone. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> you can find her at uh, where? Where's the show? Does let me let me at least. Oh, this is Let me at least give her. This is nice. You can at least find her at Instagram and in uh, for Grace13, G-R-R-A-C-E 13, or at B.entwine, B-E.E-N-T-W-I-N-E-D. Uh, Jamming? You can find me on Twitter, J-I-A-M-I-N-G-L-I-O-U. And this is Albert. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Albert5x5, on the I Said a Movie Blood, the Weekly Comic Strip, the Extra Service Extra Podcast, blah, 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 blah. Uh, if you want to show your support, <laughs> we'll be really faster. If you want to send us email, send it to whoatworstwhy at gmail.com. If you want to leave a quick comment, send it, leave, leave it to uh, Instagram or Facebook page or or the website itself. I think I'm getting a migraine too. <laughs> I know I am. Good Lord. If you want to show your support, head over to whoatworstwhy.com slash support to find out how music has been provided by the Y Access. Find out at thewayaccess.com. All the links and information can be found at whowhatworswhy.com. All right. So uh, real quick, no spoilers. Just one sentence answer. Uh, describe season eight of Game of Thrones. It's perfectly fine. It's perfectly fine. That it, it had some of the best episodes. Actually, the best episode probably in the series in it. And it also has, it also has some of the most questionable writing in the series and stuff like that. I'll, I'll break it down this way. Uh, uh, season eight had some of the best episodes, probably the best episode, and the rest felt like Cliff Notes versions of uh, of of a season of of Game of Thrones. I wouldn't say this has any of the best episodes. Quite honestly, I liked it. It was satisfying. 
Uh, great visuals though. Great visuals. The money really went where it's supposed to go. Mm-hmm. But okay, on with our spoilers. If you think you're someone who can just casually listen about a combo of a movie or a TV show you're missing, then I feel like I gotta warn you and this may not be in order. Don't be crying to us when you end up hearing a spoiler. Spoilers! Alright, all spoilers of Game of Thrones Season 8. Uh, the least we could do is at least talk about everything prior to the last episode because mm-hmm. we should at least give some shout out to season 8 uh, the first episode first episode if my impression of the first episode was if this was a, a, another season's opening episode it'd be, it'd be fine but I felt like this, this is the last season there's only 6 episodes let's kind of get let's kind of get to it you don't have to do that episode that intro episode where you set things up or tell everybody where tell everybody is at this point 8 seasons in people should know exactly where who everybody is what the plot, plot is and all that stuff I it's fine, but not not my favorite episode. But th- that was the whole point. They wanted it to be like a callback to the first episode of Game of Thrones. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I feel like that's fine. Do the callbacks and stuff, like that, but there should be more things introduced in that episode. There should be new 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 material and stuff like that. It's like, well, yeah. they have everybody re- reuniting with mm-hmm. everybody. Yeah, that's important. Well, at least it set up that that bronze story that actually went nowhere and stuff like that. <laughs> but anyway, yeah. What did you think of the episode? First one. I mean, it was like the first episode of Game of Thrones. It was That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. There's no time for that. We we ain't got time for that, man. I know. So, if it wasn't for the fact that it was only six episodes this season, that's what I'm saying. You know, if it was ten episodes, go ahead, indulge yourself with exactly, this. Exactly. Yeah. But I, I think when they made the first episode of Game of Thrones, they were like, okay, on our last episode, on last season, we're gonna do this. Yeah. Right. That was probably what they had in mind already. Mm-hmm. Okay, moving on. Season two, which is essentially like a extension of season one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so so. Uh, the whole Jamie's on is in. Oh, this Fell. is uh, the night of the Seven Kingdoms, right? Correct. This is my favorite episode. This is the one I was alluding to. This is one of the best episodes ever. I think it might be the best. It's really well written, really well acted. It's it's a beautiful story. I love this one. This is a great. This is a great TV. This is a great Game of Thrones episode. Not only a great Game of Thrones episode, it's one of the best hours of television I've seen. That that the scene where. Uh, uh, Jamie Knight's uh, Brianna of Tarth. Yes. It's beautiful. It's that that is a great scene. In- yes. Incredible. In- incredible. Incredible acting. Incredible acting. It's great stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that one That one definitely is really good. The, the, the conversation between Daenerys and Sansa, I thought that was also great mm-hmm. too. Uh, but it was rudely interrupted. Like a lot of stuff that happens in Game of Thrones, mm-hmm. everything is interrupted yeah. and they leave you hanging. They love to leave you hanging kind of thing. I love this one. And actually, this is, this is going... A little bit ahead, but it may have the most important scene that people really are noticing. We're talking about it's the scene between uh Tyrion and uh Bron. Bron, yeah, Bran. No, Bran. Sorry, Bran. Is it Bron or Bran? Is it, is it Bran? Bran the Broken. Stark. Bran the Broken. Because Brand this the is the episode where Tyrion has she actually has a conversation that you don't see, but it might be the most conversation ever that you don't see because this is when Bran the Broken tells. Stop calling him Brad the Broken. Brad it's a stupid, stupid title. The Three-Eyed Raven. Is that, is that better? <laughs> the Three-Eyed Raven. It's Brad Stark. His, his, his story and stuff like that. So, yeah. Interesting. Interesting stuff. I love this episode. It's a great episode. It is a good episode. It yeah. is a good episode. Uh, it's also the episode where where John finally tells uh, Danny that mm-hmm. he is actually Aegon Targaryen. She takes it very well. <laughs> no, no, no. That was also rudely interrupted. <laughs> yeah. Once again... No, they didn't be hanging. Come on, Game of Thrones. This is a great episode, though. I love this episode. This is a great, great, great episode. Because at the end of the day, one of the things I loved about the first few seasons of uh, Game of Game of Thrones is just it's just people in a room talking, just people in talking. It's all character driven stuff, and this is the 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 pinnacle of that. It's a great. Oh, one could argue the last episode kind of did the same thing too, or or did it? 
Uh, uh, episode three, The Long Night. Mm-hmm. This is a good one. This is just like a pure action yeah. film, mm-hmm. a survival horror sequence mm-hmm. kind of thing with a very, very horrible uh, strategic <laughs> strategic warfare done no. by the Winterfell people. No, it's fine. <laughs> it's yeah, horrible. Send it to the traffic. Get out there. It's fine. It's good. It's okay. horrible. No, no That's horrible. a good visual, yeah. though. It's, visually, it's really? fantastic. Is, is that it? They, they, they plan the, the strategy against the White Walkers based on visual? Yeah. Is that what it is? Yeah, it's basically, yeah. Oh, it's so, it's so stupid. Yeah. It and was exciting to watch, though. Especially in visual, the the, the, the scenes where the, the dragons break the, cra- uh, break the cloud and it, they're just lit by moonlight. Oh, it's gorgeous. Some the dragon stuff in here is just gorgeous and stuff like that. It's and the music is really really done well. The action is really done well. And also it's um uh it's actually three it's not, it's actually multiple movies in one episode. You know what I mean? In the first one, the first part of it, it's sort of suspense with the Rockies going out there and stuff like that. Then it becomes kind of a war movie and stuff, a war kind of a, a, a episode. Then it becomes like a haunted house kind of a thing where Arya sticking through the the library was. Oh, it? sure, sure, sure. That's I love the fact that the director change tones and stuff like that it's it's a smart smart choice and stuff like that because like i said it's like three different types of uh uh of, of genres in one episode it's fantastic it's brilliant right. stuff yeah uh the the producer's intention was to have to blame daenerys for screwing up the the strategy mm-hmm. because she left her position early right but at the same time it's like based on what we've seen in season in episode five why didn't the dragon just do all the work yeah seriously yeah. I, I i just Besides the fact that it was exciting to watch, it was visually appealing, except where people complain that it's too dark, whatever. Mm-hmm. I didn't have the problem. Dude. I didn't really have that problem. Okay. Yeah. So and also the the thing is, Game of Thrones. It's it's a stake that they chose. They chose realism. Everything in Game of Thrones, the way that is lit and stuff like that, it's in whatever scene it is. You know what I mean? So if the scene only has candlelight and stuff like that. That's the only scene. It's the only it. light source you get. Yeah, that's the only light source you get. And, stuff like that. and what people don't realize is in the beginning of the, the episode, they threw a hurric- a snowstorm at them. You know what I mean? So it had to be hard to see and stuff well, like that. Well, that's also convenience. That, yeah, that was based, presumably, the night the Night King actually did that. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. They threw a storm at So it, it was of course. And it's also, you, it's just hard because that's what the soldiers were facing and stuff like that, the POV thing. And also, I think it's something to do with the streaming, too. I think a lot of people are watching the episode at, at the... At the same time. Anyway, sorry. I, I, right. I, I it, all, it also kind of like uh, sealed the prophecy with Beric Dendarion mm-hmm. finally dying to, to, yeah. to save Arya, mm-hmm. for Melisandre to finally dying after she did her task yeah, to, her thing, yeah. save, to get Arya um, to where she is. One of the greatest callbacks ever in a, in a, in a, in a TV series, uh, what do you say to the Lord of Death? Oh, not today. Not today. I love That's it. That's going to be such a t-shirt thing. Yeah. Well, it is already a t-shirt thing. Love it. But, mm-hmm. but yeah. Yeah. Um, we also learned that John should really learn to fat to walk faster. Yeah, man. If he's gonna try to like, kill the Night King, pull up your sneakers, buddy. <laughs> Come on. We also show that John shouldn't like just yell at the dragon to see what's gonna happen. Yeah. <laughs> like, come people, on. What were you thinking? It's one of those things where afterwards people say, "Oh, if you try and read his," people like you know after the fact saying, "Oh, did John say? Did John give Arya a look off screen and then yell at the dragon so she can sneak past?" The dragon. I rewatched that scene a couple times. No. That doesn't happen. Yeah, doesn't people would just start to explain how stupid that stupid scene is yeah. where he yells at the dragon. Why? I have a, I have a defense for it. Next time, when, you're, when you 
are facing, you know, millions of death people and stuff like that and facing a dragon. See, and you can't get past them. See how you see how you react. You know what I mean? You might be tired and stuff he like that. He shouldn't just stand there and like, he was prepared to die essentially. Yeah, basically, yeah. Well, prepared to die swinging. Yeah. Like, like trying to jump know. in his mouth and it's like fine. kill him from inside or it's something. Fine. Something, it's something. Good. And also, big ups to the stunt people that, that worked on that, on this, on this stuff. It's mm. crazy. The, the one, when they go into Winterfell and the, and the corpses were jumping off the, the, the roof and stuff like that, it was right, kind of like right. raining them. Oh, it's beautiful, beautiful. Beautiful cinematography, beautiful stunt work and stuff. Oh, big ups also to Leanna Mormont, who sacrificed herself yes. to kill the giant. Yes, great. It's good stuff, man. That's good stuff. Stab, uh, stab, also, stab uh, Jorah right Mormont, who hasn't done anything for the past two seasons. Yeah. He finally gets to die the way he probably expected to die, to, you yeah. know, protecting Daenerys. Mm-hmm. So He so kept getting that. up, too, man. He kept getting stabbed. And he kept getting up, defending defending his crew and stuff like that. He died the way he wanted to die, probably. Yeah, it's great. Yes, and of course, uh, Arya kills the Night King. Mm-hmm. Um Presumably, she would need just kill her way past all that 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 yes. night, that White Walkers mm-hmm. to get to the Night King mm-hmm. and whatnot. I'm more or less okay with the fact that it was Arya to kill Night King. I mean, yeah, it's great. I mean, Makes it's fine. I know, I, know, I, know, I, know, I know a lot of people wanted John to do it or Daenerys to do it, mm-hmm. you know. But you know, it's in it's in fine. I'm it's okay great. with it. I think it's great. I think it's, totally great. Okay she, it. it's the one thing she's been training for uh, her whole life and stuff like that. And I love the fact that it's uh, the character stuff the, that, that that's evolved in it. She's been an agent of death uh, for like eight, seven seasons. And at the end, when uh, bef- in the previous episode, she, instead of talking to a couple, it's, instead of embracing death, talking about the, she decides to have sex for first 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 time. So that's her turning her uh, back to life so in this episode she actually fights to live and stuff like that. she wants to live and stuff like that i think it's great yeah but it's not because of it's not because of uh of what's his face no no, no. It, it, in general you know what i mean it just in, what's his in, face uh, oh gendry gendry, gendry and stuff yes, like that. Yes. i'm not saying i'm not saying he's the reason why she 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 she, she wants life and stuff, but you but you, you know, it, to me it seemed like yeah. she was jump-started to 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 go back to like i'm Arya, the ninja assassin when melisandre gave her reminded her like oh yeah, yeah you're but, supposed to kill all, these people and also it goes back maybe even a further season where remember she was at that end with hot pot hot pocket whatever hot pie hot pie and stuff like that. <laughs> she could have continued down that road to King's Landing trying to kill Cersei but at that point she turned around yeah and they, they love playing the, the, the game of yeah. crossroads with, with Arya mm-hmm. they do love doing so that so it's all part of a continuum and stuff like that and then you know and uh, and, and the line that she does that Melisandre does say you know also, yeah. what, what you say to death is from what's his face yeah the, the, the swordsman that yeah. that trained her in the first that season guy. Yeah, yes. that guy. Yes, that guy. One of the most important characters uh, ended up being a guy you you saw like two minutes of in the first season and stuff like that. But yeah, yeah, one, one of the most important characters. Yeah, of I course. love the fact. I love the fact that Arya, Arya uh, killed Nike. It's great. Yeah, and you know, it, it was also really smart for them to like hide in the crypts when John could easily say, "Oh, by the way, by the way, yeah, he could raise the dead." Yeah. <laughs> Come After on. that Come whole sequence, don't you go? Don't you go to John? Hey, 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 John Stark! How about give us a heads up, man? <laughs> know. Did you know? Did you know he had the superpower? He's Come like, on. uh, no, uh, oh, <laughs> no, that's news to me, man. Oh, oh, oh. Like, I, I didn't oh, know. God, that's crazy. That's crazy. That's crazy. And should we also mention at the end of this episode, there's like no troops left. There's no Terslaki left. There's no Unsully. But it seemed like it. <laughs> seemed like it. At the end of there's a wide shot. Like like two people left. Like oh my god, how are they gonna fight Cersei's? But. Apparently they lost half the troops. Yeah, yeah, and then that also applies to uh, episode the next episode actually, yeah. where where you see Daenerys with like a troop of of uh, Unsullied behind her, yeah. and they go, oh, that's all she has left. 
If I was no, apparently she has yeah. more than that. If I, I would turn around thinking, where were you guys? That <laughs> my my sword, my draw, just draw, draw died because where were you guys? Yeah. How come yeah. he was the guy around? What's, yeah. What's going on? Well, it's also like I said, it's John's fault. I mean, God come on, damn it! But, but then you notice the Nike also had the same problem John did. Mm-hmm. He loves strolling. Yeah, Nike is never in a hurry. Yeah, yeah. If he was a little bit in a hurry, maybe yeah. he would have won. Also this. a little bit. <laughs> well, come on. and also wait, wait, hold on a second. My, my I take the other argument. He didn't have to go in there at all. Why don't you just wait a few minutes? You know what I mean? He's he's surrounded this castle with hundreds and thousands of undead. You know what right. I mean? If you just wait, you know, 20 minutes? That's because he's a smug a-hole. <laughs> Everybody's he, always grinning. He's yeah. always grinning. Yeah. I think there is enough characterization in the Night King to support the fact that he is a smug asshole. Right. He is he is too cocky with the whole javelin thing. You know, he's posing and stuff like that. <laughs> and there is an argument to be made that uh, the Greyjoy that was sent to kill him was deliberate. You know what I mean? The brand the broken. I don't know what you call it. Brand broken. Oh, Send him out there to get killed. Because he's the last line of defense, right? So, mm-hmm. the, so the Nike would have been really arrogant and said, oh, you know what? There's nobody left. I'm just going to take us. I'm just going to walk slowly to kill this guy. How do you but, feel about Theon dying? Do you, do you think he's redeemed himself enough? Sure, why He not? killed kids, for God's sake. Yeah, he killed kids. But, you know, you do your best, man. You do, <laughs> you do, you, your you do your best. You know what I mean? He did, he did try his best to redeem himself. He did best. I think I thought it was great. I like, I like this episode a lot. Yeah, it it was visually entertaining. It just like like it just boggles my mind how so many plot holes they are. <laughs> yeah, 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 easy, easy. All easy. right, episode four, the last of the Starks. This is when things get a little bit wonky. This is where I think you need a couple more episodes between uh this fight, the the battle with the Phil, and the final fight. You mean you don't want a ten minute sequence where people want to have sex with other <sighs> people? Jesus Christ! Here's my whole thing. Here's my biggest complaint. So for the Previous seven seasons, like the White Walkers, the, the Night King, the biggest threat to humanity. Everybody has to join forces, join hands, Kumbala, to face the Night King. They have this big, giant, epic battle. Yes, they killed him. Great. But then, oh, next day, they, they move on. It's good. There's no consequence. What was the lasting consequence of the battle with the, with the Night King and stuff like that? What was... What, what, they what was, lost people. Yeah. But did that, the loss of that people affect their fight with Cersei's and stuff like that? Apparently not. Exactly, that's what I'm saying. There's no consequence, really. So I think this is this is why you need three or four more episodes after this to feel, uh, to have a to have the, the this battle reverberate a little bit. Because oh. to me, no, oh, sorry, no, no, go ahead. Yeah, to me, the biggest consequence that came out of this fight was actually the loss of Jorah Momoa. Because if Jorah Momoa didn't die. Sir, I mean, uh, Daenerys wouldn't have. No, not quite there yet. I would, I would say he that would not happen. quite. I don't think if he's not he, quite there yet. Yeah, I think if he was around, he would have been in his in her ear. Saying, I disagree. I don't think he, she does. Jorah Mormon is her bitch. Jorah oh, <laughs> is also his her conscience a little bit and stuff like that. I don't think so. I think the biggest loss is actually the Mormont character, but that's not enough. That's not enough for that. You know what I mean? Like I said, seven seasons of them saying this is the most. Dangerous thing. This is like this is this is it. This is it. This is the apocalypse. This is the apocalypse. This is death coming. And then eh, at the end of the day, eh, what are you gonna do? Well, not that big a deal. Anyway, like, yeah, what are you do? <laughs> um, somebody, somebody pointed it out to me. But you know how the be- the beginning of this episode they had people like burning, uh, doing like funeral pyres for all these yeah, bodies. Uh-huh. Uh, somebody reminded me like in a previous season it was established that if you if you kill the leader of the people that was raised from the dead uh-huh. with Valerian steel. Yeah, everybody they raise also disintegrates. Right, so there shouldn't be any bodies to to burn. Oh, you're talking about the the recent dead, right? Yes. Is that true? Yeah, I think they're... I could have swear that that was the, that was the thing. Unless you're saying that well, the Night King is special. I mean, they don't because oh, yeah. the ones that they did kill with Valyrian Steel, the generals 
Night King General, whatever. Mm-hmm. Not the Night King itself, but the general the like, White Walkers. The yeah, White Walkers. The, the main general right. White Walkers. Right. Their their troops that they raised from the dead, they disintegrate. Right. Right. But this one did not did not. But I guess maybe because it's the Night King that raised them. I don't know. I, honestly, I honestly I have to look back and take a look at it again. Yeah. Uh, maybe. Yeah. I I think they did it for the visual. And of course sure. they, they they strung along, they strung you along thinking like, okay, when is John gonna tell her? When is John yeah. gonna tell her? And then they finally told her. And apparently uh her being his aunt actually does kind of freak him out. <laughs> a little bit. As well as yeah. should. And then well, he, should. her on their hand doesn't care. No, she's 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 down to party, man. <laughs> she's always down to down to party. She's a goer. That's and then who and yeah. apparently who was down to party was 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 Danny and her and her Iron Fleet going yeah. down casually to to Dragonstone yeah. like la 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 la. Yeah. Oh my god, my dragon yeah. just died. I want to fly a little higher. Why man. seriously? They could they could see like a fleet yeah. of yeah. like all these people. Well, she's in the she's in the best position to see any fleet <laughs> in three three hundred sixty directions. Also, why did she have to go ahead? Did someone else point this out? Why did she have to go ahead? You know, let the, the, the ship go in there first and stuff like that. You know, secure the castle before she flies in. Stuff like where, that. where was Regal's animal's instinct? Go, oh wait, I have to fly away. I feel yeah, danger. It's fine. Uh, but, but the other thing that bothered me again, uh, Braun. Again, Braun comes back with a, with a threat to to uh, the Lancers and it doesn't really go anywhere and stuff like that. It's just to remind you Bronn is still out there and stuff like that. You know what I mean? Well, I mean, I mean, Cersei did like hire him to kill, but to does, kill the... It doesn't go anywhere. It doesn't, there's no point. My it whole goes point, somewhere for him. But, but my whole point is if the, the whole... T- this is why people complain about Danny's turn at the end. It's one of those things where if you're going to waste time... Instead of wasting time with, with this Bronn story that doesn't go anywhere, invest some of it into Danny's turn that's going to come later and stuff like that. You know, real, you know, it's like, this is why you need two or three more episodes right here to make that descent, make them a little bit more palatable, make them more sense and stuff like that. You right. know what I mean? So, yeah. I think this is the biggest mistake. I think there should have been two episodes, two additional episodes between the two battles and then two episodes to conclude the series and stuff like that. I think that's where I would... Anyway, go ahead. Yeah, it, yeah. it isn't even HBO's fault because HBO actually offered them more yeah. episodes and they said, no, yeah. we're good with this. Like, yeah. really? Yeah, but that's, that's the whole thing. We'll get to that later. We'll yeah, and, to that then, and it, speaking of skipping, skipping, skipping stuff, I mean, John did even pet Ghost when... when oh, you know, right. <laughs> is that, is that? We need more substance. Yeah, yeah, there's, oh, there's, you know, the, yeah. whole, the, the whole thing with the uh, with the coffee cup. and Yeah, <laughs> coffee cup is this that one. That was from this one too, you know. So, um, uh, Brianna hooking up with La- uh, Jamie Lancer, do you have any issues with that? No, I got I no issue with that. Answer. I got no yeah. issue with that at all. I, I, I thought they, they played it perfectly well as mm-hmm. you expected it to go. Mm-hmm. Uh, Brienne being attached to Jamie is not surprising. Jamie actually being attracted to Brienne is not surprising based on their adventure in season. Did you have a problem with Jamie leaving Brienne and stuff like that? No, I think I think for him it makes sense because he's like a, he's like an addict to Cersei. Yeah. You know, uh, Brienne being emotional, people can say, "Oh, she's too emotional." Well, because because they didn't they didn't have the two episodes in between the battle. No. You know, also, you, she's you, human. You can be the toughest person in the world. I'm not I'm not talking male or female. You can be the toughest and hardest person, but you still have emotions if you. If you bed somebody, they take off in the middle of the night. You know what I mean? There's nothing wrong with emotions. And I agree with your Jamie Lannister thing. You know, uh, uh, George R. R. Martin's whole thing is like, hey, people are not perfect. This, this he, 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 he subverts traditional storytelling. You know what I mean? He doesn't do that perfect arc. You know what I mean? Where mm-hmm. you start off at a low point and then you get to a high point and stuff like that. You know what I mean? His, his arcs sort of reflect life. And, you know, the life of an addict, you know, most, most of the time ends tragically. You know what I mean? Yes. So he did the same thing with Theon Greyjoy, too, remember? Right. At one point, you thought, oh, he's going to save his sister and stuff like that, you know what I mean? But he doesn't, you know what I mean? He jumps off that ship and stuff like that. Same thing with Jamie, you know? No, just, it's true. It's true. Th- things end tragically. Yeah, and then, and then you have somebody like John who yells at the dragon. When... All right, let's move on. Let's move on. <laughs> mm-hmm. And, of course, um, Sende gets 
gets kidnapped gets yeah. kidnapped and yeah. uses a hostage and they kill her. This is another issue where a lot of people, especially people of color, have. You know what I mean? The people once she got was missing and stuff like you knew she's going to be used as you know execution style. It's going to be like a Danny motivation, and then people of color are, are tired of that. You know what I mean? There's only two or three people of color in this whole series, and you kill one of them to. Add motivation for the. Well, to be fair, the 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 Dothraki and Unsullied are people of color. There's that. That's what I'm saying. That's terrible. Yeah, Dothraki. There's no. There's no. There's no one character that represents Dothraki. So it's supposed to be the white girl, you know, Daenerys. That's see, that's the problem. But then they can turn Khaleesi. But then they could turn around and the writers and the Game of Thrones could turn around and say, "Well, yeah, that's the point. She is not the good guy. She's a bad guy." When that when they when they worship her as a white savior, that's a bad thing. So they could argue that point, but still, I, I agree with the criticism of how they treated uh, people of color for the most part uh, in Game of Thrones. They 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 can they should have done better. You know what I mean? They can't just execute her for motivation for a white character and stuff, like, and especially when she doesn't have any kind of. Um, but to, to be fair, Grey Worm is also motivated by the, her dad, and she's not a white character. But then the thing is, Grey Worm gets shortchanged and stuff like that at the end of, at the end of the series too, and stuff like that. They no, great I agree. Of it. Yeah. I agree. And I, I do question her saying, telling Daenerys Dracarys, you know, Again, burn the city. Like that doesn't really fit her personality. Yeah, that's just the one. That's and that's the only thing she says. And the only thing she says is to help her character, her character yeah. development, stuff like that. That's, and can that's Daenerys actually hear that far? Yeah. Well, that's a Shazam joke. <laughs> it's a joke. Yeah. That's right. That's right. That's right. That's right. Okay. Yeah. Now, then, the last two episodes, I think we can deep diver, deep diver, dive deeper into this. Mm-hmm. Well, the bells. The next episode is yeah. pretty simple because half the half the episode is pretty simple to talk about. Yeah. Uh, so they go to King's Landing. Uh, you, we thought. I mean, I'm not sure about you, but mm-hmm. I thought maybe the Golden Compass would be more of a problem. Yeah, how'd that work out? How'd that work out? But apparently Drogon is essentially holding back this whole time in the series because <laughs> he can freaking blow down steel and stone like it's nothing. Yeah. This is fine. Actually, I had no problem with that. Because sort of what happens is she, uh, Danny has kind of learned from these previous accounts and she's coming at them from the point of view of the sun. So they didn't see it and she's doing it a faster Oh, I don't, I don't think that was the reason at all. Yeah, I think so. like, that's she was flank- She was flanking them every time. Yeah, that's the reason why you always hear them turn, turn, and then yeah. she's already somewhere, somewhere else. She's no, but much I think faster. she had a head start this time. She's coming down from the sun, and stuff like that. So you can't really well, see. Well, there's that too. But and also she's flying a little bit lower. And then people have mentioned online that he, the dragon, should dodge Drogon, him better. Drogon. Drogon should dodge better because there's a, a two sets of eyes on him, on him, extra set of eyes on him. You know what I mean? Right. Because so she can see where things are happening, and you know. And pointed out where to go and stuff like that. Unlike the other two dragons, who kind of there was no writers back then. Which is what I'm saying is that all these seasons, Drogon was actually much more of a threat than they let on. Mm -hmm. So why didn't she use him to her advantage more than this? The undead had millions of corpses to throw at them. That's fine. It's not that big a deal. Again, nothing that all that's minutia stuff. I think it's just minutia stuff. So but, they ring. So they ring the bells. Uh, yeah. King King Lannister ring the bells and surrenders. And then and then the most controversial thing a lot of people have. Uh, Danny decides to mow burn them all. Raise raise King Landing. Dracorus indeed. Mm-hmm. You know. So she does that. So I guess this is where we debate about this. Mm-hmm. Uh, earned unearned. I will split the difference. Like a true coward I am. I think the issue. I think the issue is here's my whole thing. I blame the 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 showrunners, the people that run the game and throw that right with because basically for the last two seasons, since they've got gone off the books, mm-hmm. Game of Thrones has been a more traditional 
TV show. TV show. Which is what I've been complaining about. Yeah. And people have been forgot the fact how revolution, how subversive it was in the earlier episodes and stuff like that. You know what I mean? When I say traditional TV show, I mean ex machinas. You know what I mean? Jon Snow uh, getting rescued by his uncle and stuff like that. Right. Gray War. Uh, what? No. Uh, Jorel getting his grayscale cured miraculously, just like for no reason. Right. Stuff like that. You know what I mean? It's very. The more- Daenerys coming to the rescue for Jon Snow. Exactly. Yes, no, yeah. But. If you look at the first four seasons, four, four, first five seasons, it's much more subversive and stuff like that. People getting stabbed whenever they make the smallest mistake, they get stabbed, they get killed. Main characters get taken they off die, the board they just die like in that. The most unheroic ways, exactly. Many times, and yeah. people forgot that basically. You know what I mean? They forgot right. that. So basically, that's I think that's the problem they ran into. They forgot, and all this crazy. I know stuff that it is foreshadowed and it is part of her character, but all that crazy Danny stuff happened in the first few seasons. They haven't. Done anything. They, were, they were laying the groundwork in, exactly. a, in a way. Yeah, but the thing is, in the last couple of seasons, it hasn't been there that much. You know what I mean? Because yeah, yeah. it's there. It is there that her, she has that potential to burn the city. Potential, you know? yes, but it was never really like they kind of defanged her like in the past, like season six and seven. They kind of defanged her. Yeah. I mean, season seven, she was pretty much the love interest for Jon mm-hmm. Snow. Yeah. And essentially, that was what it is, right? Mm-hmm. You know, sure, she was frustrated that she can't just attack Cersei, right? But when he says that, Essentially, that's what she was. She was yeah. like, oh, poor Daenerys. Kind the of only thing. recent examples of her, uh, I'm going to just quote, quote Madness. I, I don't know if that's the right term, but Madness is. It's not Madness, though. Yeah, she 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 loved, she burned the Tullys, burned the father and son. Right. And, and also, like, Varys. Whenever she she has the opportunity just to kind of do a simple execution, she doesn't do that. She just loves the fire. She just loves the fire. Oh, uh, yeah. And she, yeah. Doesn't, and she doesn't, she never feels guilty about it, too. Yeah. Never feel, yeah. yeah so that, that's them laying the groundwork in terms mm-hmm. of, like, plot. Like, oh, no, we, we, we laid it down. But mm-hmm. the point is that unless you tell. Unless you tell Emilia Clark, hey, by the way, yeah. we're gonna have you do this horrible thing yeah. in the last in the last two episodes. Mm-hmm. Uh, you may want to start acting the way you should be acting, yeah. knowing this fact. And also going, like I said, going back to the first four seasons where there's much more character stuff about her turn. You know what I mean? Right. She she uh, she crucified some slavers and stuff like that. You know what I mean? Right. She burnt whether they were guilty or not. And one of the more important ones is actually after she sacked one of the cities. Remember. She tried to do the uh, she tried to do the political thing where she would follow the norms and the like the traditions of that city, right? Remember? And then what she what did she get for that? She was almost assassinated, right? At that at that pit, remember? Yes. Correct. So that's important, you know. What I mean? So she, so she learned whenever she tried to play nice after she takes the city, they're gonna go after her and stuff like that. So in this case, she 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 didn't want to do that. So you know what I mean? So that's important. But that happened all the way back in season like two or three. So, you know, it's just like the, the writers needed to remind the audience and do more character stuff to remind the audience of who she is and stuff like that. You know, I think that's the biggest mistake. That they if did. only they had more episodes in the yeah, last two okay. seasons. Um, yeah. Well, to be fair, in season seven, you do, you do see Danny kind of getting more disgruntled, getting more yes. frustrated. Mm-hmm. So they're kind of building up to like, yes. hey, this might actually happen to her. Yeah. They right? do do that thing where... All her closest allies have been slowly taken away from yep. her. You know what yeah, I mean? Jorah's gone. Mm-hmm. Uh has gone. Mm-hmm. Varys betrays her. Right. You know, uh, and then uh, Tyrion has just been a horrible hand yeah. <laughs> the past and, two seasons. And then John, being Targaryen, half Targaryen, has a better claim to a throne than she does right. and stuff like that. And then being, being, him being half Northman uh, has, doesn't want to sleep with his aunt anymore. Yeah. <laughs> and so all that stuff is great, but it's just, it's no substitute. For what they did in the first few seasons of that, so I think I think that's the biggest reason why people they, they, that's such a blowback. Yeah, but at the same time, the first few seasons, even though they laid they laid the plot groundwork of like, hey, she might turn. They even did a whole 
uh, fast fast forwarding foreshadowing thing where she, she had that vision mm-hmm. where she was gonna head yeah. over to the uh, the, the throne that let's feel the ash mm-hmm. and whatnot. But the point is that even though they had all that, the, the us, us as the viewers still saw her have a heroic rise. Yeah. And that was the mistake. We were seeing it as a heroic rise, yeah. but in actuality, it really was more of like, there's this woman here who is just doing what she can to survive yeah. and and to take her throne. Yeah. And somebody mentioned, uh, a critic of Game of Thrones mentioned online, uh, foreshadowing is not character building and stuff like right, that. Right, correct. A big difference, yeah. So. Yeah, and, and I know I know, I know, know Weiss and Benioff, they like to say like, yeah, but we laid the ground. We had the foreshadowing. Yeah. We, we do, he, they, they, she killed all these people. Even even in the last episode, Tyrion talks about, yeah, but they were all evil men, you know, yeah. and that's why you didn't that's why you didn't care. She did mm-hmm. all that, but but now what happens when the evil men are actually people you do know? Yeah, you know, is that kind of a thing? So it, it, it's like the show wants to play have its cake and eat it too. Yeah. And it's like, hey, we delayed the groundwork, even though it's a shock, you know. But I think. Some book readers have said in the in the books that it actually does lay the groundwork. She says certain things that are kind of like, you really feel that way? Yeah. Cause that sounds kind of evil. Yeah, she, there, are, there are YouTube videos where they show like earlier episodes where she says, I will burn you. I will burn the city. I'll burn you. You know, I'll make right. this, you know. No, but I think the most damning thing yeah. is, I think my uh, coworker of mine said it on the, it's on the book where she said like, mercy is for the weak. Yeah. Like you can't, uh, uh, burning them is not, is not killing them. It's actually freeing them. Yeah. It was that kind of a thing, which I don't think I've ever heard in the show, mm-hmm. right? But if you read that, if you read a character in the book that says that, you're like, huh, that seems kind of odd thing to say for a supposed heroic character, yeah. right? So so the, the book seems to lay the groundwork and the show kind of just forgot about it, yeah. I guess. Or not forgot about it, but they were reminded by George R. R. Martin yeah. once he, once he, <laughs> once they had that, 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 yeah. that hotel meeting or whatever, mm-hmm. right? Like I just think in the last two years, they should have taken more more risk they had to you know like i said remind the audience what the show is you know what i mean one of the biggest points of of george R. R. martin's book is subverting traditional fantasies storytelling and stuff like that you know what i mean and that danny turn is part of that and you have to set people up properly for that you can't you know you have to remember it's years between you know between what happened in the earlier season and now so yeah so it's, i think it's on them but i'm i'm okay with her eventual turn and stuff like that yeah. I'm actually okay with her turn as well I mean it's unfortunate that the it's not, it's like so much so many things with this last season I'm fine with how, of where they ended up but how they got there is is, is the problem people can criticize and say oh sure make make the female character end up becoming the villain oh that figures right yeah. but at, at the same time it, it, it is kind of like no no it's actually just unfortunate <laughs> it's yeah. unfortunate yeah. You know? and also to be fair uh, it's, a, it's, not, it's not it's a weak defense at the end of the day the series is about the Stark family. You know what I mean? I think the last kind of montage sort of solidifies that. It right. is about the Stark and stuff like that. But before we go there, um, Clegane Bowl, thoughts? This is an aesthetic thing. My personal f- ver- favorite version of Game of Thrones, as far as like fighting, individual fighting, is the Viper versus the Mountain, where right. it's just like quick, fast. You know what I mean? As an aesthetic thing. So the whole thing with the claim claim ball with the with the with the with the, with the, the mountain red versus the how yeah with the whole you no know, the, the whole the whole oh, thing the red keep falling, the red keep falling down yeah. stuff dragging up there the slow mo the music and so it's 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 not my favorite you know what I mean it's just aesthetically I'm just I'm aesthetically just I like my violence one on one violence like you know quick and fast and just, they, they also cheaped out too because it, it was a tie yeah they both died at the same time, time. ooh and they, besides the mountain was already dead anyway he's a zombie. Yeah, 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 maybe and well, people said that that's the subversion stuff like that. It's a, it's an empty victory for 
for Kagane and stuff like that. And of course, he, they die in the fire. Because it did fine. Yes, because the hound. I think it's fine. Um, Arya. Arya's turn, I thought, was a little too sudden. This was, again, one of those things like, well, if they had more episodes where where on their way to, to King's Landing, uh, the Hound was talking to Arya about revenge. And then yeah, eventually yeah, yeah. it culminates with, with him saying, don't follow this path. Yeah. And then she changes her mind. Follow, yeah, it it does seem yeah. like she just changed her mind. And there was yeah. no build-up to, oh, you know, you know, Mr. Hound, you're right. Yeah. I shouldn't be a killing machine. Yeah, yeah. I, so, live, I live life. You know? not, not only that, but... but um, didn't they establish in the first season that it takes weeks to go from Winterfell to King's Landing and yet suddenly we ain't got time for that we're able to go there <laughs> we ain't got time for that yeah it's fine it's fine it's fine alright okay uh, on to the last episode The Iron Throne episode okay. 6 this is the perfect episode as far as like uh, if you want to summarize how I feel about the season 8 it's this episode because there's some really great excellent stuff in here and there's some really lazy half-ass stuff yeah. in this one yeah. but first off visuals are amazing Correct, yeah. as well. especially everything with Drogon mm-hmm. like like they spent all the money with Drogon in this episode yeah. it was fantastic yeah people talk about out. that the Daenerys with the wings of Drogon and stuff yes. like that but, but I like the one where he's buried in the ash and he kind of he, he, he comes out and so stuff how like. how fast is the <coughs> ash falling <coughs> that he's able to get covered so fast seriously I don't know man <laughs> that's, a, that's, a, that's a smoking hazard guys you gotta it's, eat your it's really check. good though it's, like, it's you a get, great visual but you gotta get like, your lungs like, check, guys like how long did Jon take to get to her and it's, oh, someone else made fun of the fact that oh, John. Oh wait, not this scene, but John sees Grey Worm executing right. people, right? And then he then then Grey Worm beats him up to the yeah. upstairs. And yeah, that, that was that was, and John goes like, "We need to talk to her, yeah. right?" And then and then you see the whole thing with the army, yeah. and suddenly Grey Worm is ready yeah. with is ready with Daenerys. And John, John get lost? Just showing <laughs> he get lost? What did he, he do? Take the, take the scenic route? Yeah. The Google Google Maps show him up? No, there's probably ways. Yeah. <laughs> the ways room up? What happened? Or so, Apple Maps? Anyway, anyway go ahead. <laughs> yeah, it, 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 it's like. Okay, I mean, uh, the, and plus another thing too, like we pointed out earlier, she sure she sure still has a lot of unsullied and 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 uh, the Rocky. Yeah, it's a lot of them there. What happened? <laughs> what happened? Did you guys just? Yeah, I don't know. Man. And I'm sure it was intentional, but they made it look like like Hitler kind yeah, of thing. Yeah, of course, you know, yeah. obviously it was it's a very, very it's a aesthetic we're familiar with. For you know, it's the authoritarian you know footage from like you know Mussolini, Hitler, and stuff like that. Yeah, you see that a lot. Mao and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So so her logic. I think in her eyes makes sense. Yeah. Like if, if people aren't going to behave, I'm going to force them to behave. Right. That's essentially what she's saying. Right. You know, it's in the tradition of people like Mao, Stalin, Hitler, and stuff like that. You know what I mean? I I'm the one with the vision. I'm the one who's destined to to uh, to to uh, to throw over the old regime, and I am the new. I'm you know what I mean. So nobody like this goes back to old saying. Nobody thinks they're the villain of their own story, right? Right, yeah. right, and I'm glad they kind of went that way instead of oh she went mad. No, she's you know, not mad. Yeah, yeah, she wasn't a, mad. Like, this, a, is, this is it, her calculated decision. Yeah, it's a cal- yeah, it's calculated. Yeah, people don't snap and then spend like an hour because because if you look at the visuals of that of uh, Dragon Dragon yeah. burning the city, it's systematic. She it's is going, yeah. she is going up and down the streets and stuff like. She is yeah. burning things. She like, actually also did foreshadow that thing too because because yeah. she did mention to it was it was either Tyrion or Varys mm-hmm. like like. Like they're still like supporting the queen, you yeah. know. Like like what does it say? Uh, why aren't they? Why, why aren't they like, defending themselves? Yeah. The, the slavers, uh, the slaves I rescued, defending yeah, yeah. themselves. Mm-hmm. Why aren't they doing it? Yeah. You know. So in her eyes, they're still they still like Lo- Team Cersei. And yeah, yeah, they still look at Cersei as the queen. That's yeah. why they didn't do anything. So they deserve to die. Yeah. 
And she wanted to really break the city and just, just, just total yeah. annihilation. She said like she that. basically wants to be a leader who demands loyalty mm-hmm. from everybody. Mm-hmm. You know, sounds like a certain other person. Crazy. It's good times, man. <laughs> but, it's a lot of fun. But yeah, so there's that. And then um, the conversation with John and Tyrion, to me, it almost felt, I know they made this, they made they, they shot this like a year ago or whatever, mm-hmm. but it almost felt like the internet. Like yeah. people arguing like what we're doing, like justifying what Daenerys did and what and mm-hmm. whether she was right or was wrong. I actually love the scene. I actually, this is one of the scenes I do love. Yeah, I, it's 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 good that, that they did that. And and I, but I was really surprised. Maybe I'm not too surprised mm-hmm. that John was completely defending her. Yeah, but well, he's so dumb. He just he so knows dumb. nothing. He's just so dumb. He's just <laughs> an empty head. Yeah, just an empty vest. But, all, all he's like he's he's Captain America, but less compelling. You know, he always wants to do the right thing without thinking too much about it and stuff like that. Right. Anyway, yeah. But I do love the scene because it does show Tyrion at his best, you know what I mean? Because he's literally, I won't say manipulate, but he's basically getting into John's head and convincing him to commit, you know, uh, assassination. Uh, well, it's, it's a logical debate that, that yeah. Tyrion brought up. Mm-hmm. And John didn't really have an answer for it, quite yeah. honestly. Mm-hmm. All he could say is like, well, she's my queen. I'm supposed to just follow her order. Yeah, this is Tyrion at his best. This, he's, he's, he's been effing up for the last few seasons, but this is Tyrion at his best and stuff like that. And also... I I I I think I noticed this too, but I don't know if you agree. But the, in a scene before, when they the three of them met each other on top of the step, uh, Danny, uh, Tyrion, and uh, John, I, I read this where he went to go tell Danny I quit through the pin away, right? And then Danny tells the two guards take him away. I thought Tyrion was also make giving John an opening to go and stab her at that point. You know what I mean? The way they kind of framed up the, the 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 people where they are and all that stuff. If you go back and watch that scene, if if that's what it felt like to me, like he was gonna quit, he was gonna draw the guards away and stuff like that, and he wanted John to go stab her at that point and stuff like that. So I think it, it, he's anyway. Go ahead. That's, no, that's, that's the impression I got. I didn't get that impression because I mean it, it is kind of like a suicide mission if you do that, yeah. right? Because I mean the the, the solid and Dudrag are, are very much oh, there. For, I mean, no matter what, it's good. it should have been like a suicide mission. Whoever, true, true. I think it's more him. of like him giving him look like like, yep, she's nuts. Yeah, you know, kind of <laughs> check thing. her out. Like she's gotta yeah. go, <laughs> kind of thing. Yeah. So, but uh, it, it is. No, speaking of theory, we didn't we didn't cover this. Mm-hmm. Him going down the red keep looking for proof that yeah. that her that his brother. Oh yeah, we've got the two big two of the biggest characters. Yeah, <laughs> it, it just seemed kind of like. Uh, not fan servicey, mm-hmm. but but like, did they they need to confirm to us because I because if yeah. we didn't see the body, no, they're still like you said that. I oh, said that, yeah. they're still alive, and yeah. I was convinced they were dead. Okay, so so them him showing that seemed like the showrunner is going like, okay, we got to make sure that they're they know for sure they're dead. Yes, so, I actually, yeah, yeah, I should need that. And what do you? Some people did complain about oh, there wasn't some sort of uh prophecy kind of killing of uh, Cersei. What do you think of Cersei's death? I I thought, well, in a way, her in a way, Jamie did get her killed because Jamie brought her down there and she mm-hmm. died from that. And Tyrion kind of killed her because he he helped bring Danny Jamie, Jamie to her to get her down there. To and die. No, no, Danny crossed the ocean to. Oh, to there's the, that too. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean, you can go down. I mean, yeah. like like what Melisandre said, prof- yeah. prophecies are tricky. Yeah, but know? people are sh- more sh- people want a more showy. A kill, yeah, more it's, they want to like Arya killing her and stuff. Well, like how, how about the too. prophecy of the of the the prince thing? Yeah, well, we can get that. <laughs> well, we can get that later. But I liked it because of this because she died under the the, the red, red keep. keep and stuff like that because she and she, the the uh, uh, Tyrion told her to leave at the wall and get get away, and then he. And then the maester, the the the, the Doctor Frankenstein guy, told oh, her Kyburn to leave too, and stuff like yeah. that. And to me, what always struck me about Cersei is 
her, the conversations that she had with uh, Ned Stark back in season one. Because one of my favorite scenes in the whole series is Ned Stark telling Cersei, you have, you should take your kids and leave before the king gets back, you know, because he's going to tell him the truth and stuff like that. Right. But, but she doesn't leave because she is so power hungry and so, you know, in, you know, she was powerless and stuff like that. So when she, so she, by staying, actually, I, she actually doomed her and her children, you know what I mean? Because after that, obviously, all her children slowly died. And that, and this scene and her death reminded me of that Ned Stark scene because people kept telling her, you should leave, you should leave. You got, she had so many chances to leave. But her ambition, her power hungry, doomed her and killed her and then she, you know the thing collapsed on her and stuff like that so i i, th- I thought it was great i thought i thought her death was great and stuff like that so um going off the tangent here mm-hmm. but uh, i forgot to mention okay the last episode Arya takes off presumably leaving exactly yeah. and how much is still yeah. there yeah people online was mentioning <laughs> well, where did she have to ride the she i mean john's probably just down the uh, across the street because people were saying, oh, the horse, is, he, she, she's the horseman of death. She's going to blah, blah, blah. But it might be just a subversion. It might just be the completion of her instead of riding off to be an agent of death again. Right. It's a subversion. She wants she wants to live. She's well, gonna, that, that is her thematic structure, yeah, yeah. right? She, she, went, she went to the far end of being a killing machine, and then she realized she, she, can't, she shouldn't go that direction. Mm-hmm. And that scene with the horse might actually tie up with... Her her getting on the boat, discovering a new world and stuff like that. It's uh, it's completing that that one eighty turnaround. Anyway, go ahead. Right. What, what so, we're talking about? so 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 John uh, approaches Daenerys and they have the little conversation mm-hmm. and he's like, "Oh, you'll always be my queen." And then yeah. and then suddenly she gets stabbed. Kind of wish they yeah. had to show him pushing it because mm-hmm. for a second there I thought it, did Arya toss a dagger? Yeah. Like like what, what's going on? <laughs> Actually, for a second I thought. Uh, I thought she stabbed him and stuff. I thought that'd be great. That's a great turn. Yeah, great I, I, don't, I don't know why the camera was was that was not showing it. Like, yeah. really? Why yeah. wouldn't you show that? Yeah. Um, first off, where's Grey Worm? Where's her guards? Uh, that's not. That's not. Throughout good. her whole series, she's always has a bodyguard, and suddenly she does not. Yeah. Well, come, come on, on now. Come on. It's fine. Okay, so now and then Drogon shows up, mm-hmm. right? And and then Drogon either either a doesn't realize John did it. Or 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 B, we went with our theory. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't, I'm not sure if it's our theory. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Bran warged into Drogon right. to save John. Last minute, yeah, stuff like that. Yeah. And then I looked online, and the third option, I think, this is, I think this is the one that's correct. Uh, the dragons and and Targaryens are are connected and stuff like that. So the dragon, because uh, John is half Targaryen, he can't kill uh, the Targaryen and stuff like that. He can't kill Targaryen and stuff like that. It's just not in their DNA and stuff like that because they're linked and stuff like you, that. You, the argument there, the best argument there is the part where he was, under, he was under ashes mm-hmm. and he sniffs John. Yeah. And oh, you can you can pass. Yeah. Right? Because he's Targaryen. And also in the episodes before, you know, he, he's seen John riding the other uh, dragons and stuff like that. You know what I mean? And then, like I said, dragons and, and Targaryens are inter- interlinked. You know, they have, a, they have a bond and stuff like that. So that's why he's so, he's mad. He knows John killed her, but because he can't break that bond though. He can't, Kill John. So the next, the next. But scene. he never. John never drove. Never, never rode on Drogon. But you, you, you understand. There's a, he, he rode his brother and stuff like. That. But I'm saying there's a connection and stuff like. That. So he can't kill John. So the next best thing is he used his hot breath uh, to to uh, to uh, to melt the, the throne. I'm actually I'm, I'm okay with that. You like know that. there there is a fourth option, and I'm stealing this joke from somebody else. Mm-hmm. I heard it from. The fourth option is that he sees his mom right. stabbed with a dagger, and then he looks at a chair filled with daggers and sword. It's the chair's fault. That's funny. So I'm That's gonna burn one. it. Yeah. I'm actually okay with that whole that the way that played out. The problem I do have is what happens afterwards and stuff like that. 
Yeah, because now now people are going, oh, she might still be alive because you don't really see yeah. her dead dead. This is dead dead. Come yeah. on. And the, and the other joke is if there's no body, that means John always always having to do the right thing goes downstairs and confesses right right away. I killed her. I killed her. Yeah. Right. So how, 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 how did that work? Yeah. And my problem is, here's my biggest problem. I mentioned they they, they didn't do Grey Worm uh, very well. How does... Because there, there are scenes, there are sequences that happens in between scenes. So h- what happens when John tells somebody, where somebody figures out he kills the queen? There's no way Grey Worm doesn't, just, just, doesn't stab him and stuff like that. You know what I mean? Doesn't, Correct. Or the Thraki stab him and stuff like that. They went all this way. They have all this connection with the queen and then... The guy who kills, there's no way they would use him as a barter in the heat of the moment. You know what I mean? Because in the heat of the moment, once they realized they would have killed him right away. I, it, 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 did like, it did like it did seem like this could have been worked perfectly better in the previous episode. Yeah. Ended off in that credits thing and then continue on in the next episode. Right. Because if they're, yeah, they, right, they're, exactly, doing, they're, yeah. doing a, they're doing a hard cut anyway, then and they, they don't want to show the, the the transition between like oh I did it yeah and then like I because that would have involved hard hard writing. <laughs> You know, that would I be, guess so. Yeah, that, that's difficult writing to do. So that, yeah. You know, or, or they have the whole thing where he's trying to hide it and then they play yeah. the game of Clue. Yeah. Like, oh, John did it with a dagger in the Iron Throne. Someone mentioned online, the thing that would have made the most sense is uh, is the dragon uh, burning John and then the Dothrakis and you know, Unsullied come in. And they and, see, uh, and they see him still alive despite being burned. You know what I mean? John the Unburnt. Then at least they would have... Because every time that happens... Uh, the, the, the Rockies have to bow down to whoever survives the fire and stuff because it's supernatural and stuff like that. You know. Yeah, but apparently in the books, her surviving the fire is a very rare thing. Mm. Like it doesn't apply to all Targaryens. Mm. That's the thing. Well, but, but the show never established but that they, they didn't. Did they have sex? Maybe they each. They, 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 <laughs> you know what I mean? They stuff. Anyway, well, the show never established no. that anyway. So, so you mentioned hard know. cut. So we we do actually a bit of a fast forward actually. Yeah, it's a hard cut to a fast forward. To, uh, did, did they say weeks or months? Weeks. They say weeks. Weeks. Okay, so weeks. Uh, and they, this is where I think uh, this episode shits the bed. But go ahead, go ahead. <laughs> oh my god! So, so Grey Worm brings Tyr- Tyrion over to to this council of like house house elders or yeah. house mm-hmm. house lords or whatever. With the people that are left, yeah. Mm-hmm. Right, right. So it, it, it just seemed like what were they there for? They were there to negotiate John's release. Is yeah, that what it both is? Both of their release, yeah. Apparently, yeah. I don't know. Uh, and so, so, and then suddenly. Uh, Grey Worm is like yelling at Tyrion. No, don't you can't speak. Yeah. You're not allowed to speak. And then for the rest of the scene, he, he speaks. Yeah, right. So, so what the heck? Yeah. And 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 then and then and then suddenly, uh, oh, you should go ahead and vote for who yeah. who's gonna be the king. And yeah. Grey Worm is just okay yeah. with it. I mean, based based on uh, John isn't the hand anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh, Danny's gone. Mm-hmm. The next in command is Grey Worm. Yeah. Here's my whole thing. Uh, I understand that Christmas, but I actually this Grey Worm. Chris, I actually don't think it's valid because Grey Worm is a warrior first. You know what I mean? He just follows orders. He, in that scene, he is out of his death. You know what I mean? He's not a king. He's not really a leader and stuff like that. That's. But I think the greatest mistake they did with Grey Worm is him not killing Jon Snow like right away. You know what I mean? That, or at this, least trying to. Yeah, there's yeah. got to be a reason for that. And then the stuff... And then I just and the little grace note he gets at the end where he goes, they go to the island where his Missandei is. Yeah. I thought they should just went to an island and shot you know what I mean? Spend a little bit more money, give him a better happy ending than just saying something off off cam- you know, on a CGI boat and stuff like that. Well, was this real yeah. on the John and Grey Worm bandwagon? Was there any scene in the previous seasons where Grey Worm and John had a moment together? Because they're not even so. really friends, right? I don't think so. Yeah. Yeah. So, so yeah. the whole the whole half of the episode where where John where Grey Worm is giving John the evil eye and whatnot, yeah. 
Like, why do I care? They're not yeah. friends. Yeah. Why do they care? Yeah. They're not friends. But going back to the original point, I don't mind uh, Grey Worm being sort of out strategized in that in that in that in that moment. Yeah, because it's, it's out of his element. It's out of his element. The problem, the thing I don't understand is how come again? Why does why, why does Terry get to talk? You know what I mean? He <laughs> and also why do they go with his idea? Even though I understand, they try to play off. Oh, wait, but, but, but 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 well, Jamie, well, go ahead. Story yeah. is a powerful thing. <laughs> There's been ten years of bloodshed. So I understand they don't they want a peaceful transition, but why are you listening to him? Number one, he he helped bring the the queen over, right? You know what I mean? The, the he brought her. and number two, he's a Lannister and stuff like that. You know what I mean? They don't like Lannister and stuff. Like that. Why are you listening to his idea? It doesn't make any sense. Maybe one or two of them might listen to him, but why would the the people from the Dorn listen to him? Why would people from the Iron Islands? Did, did you hear me? Because story yeah. is a powerful thing, and also the thing is. Even if you don't listen to, even if, if they go with a different person's idea, they're overturning a way of they they run things for like a hundred hundreds of years. Well, they're breaking the wheel. Yeah, in breaking in a like a five minute sequence and stuff like that. I was thinking like if you and I and a bunch of our friends get together and want to go to dinner, yeah, it's gonna take more than like like it'll take like an hour to decide where to eat and stuff like that. You know, what correct. Mean? And they're returning, they're overturning entire restaurants. You know what I mean? It's like come on, man. Yeah, no, no nobody has a say. Yeah, no, makes like like Luxanzo's like, like I want the North to be independent, and yeah. Brand's like okay, and yeah. nobody's like wait 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 I want to be independent too. Yeah, also like what is it? What is it? So the king is a Stark, so and the Stark is an independent nation. It's like wait right. a minute, <laughs> what's going on here? I don't get it. I think again, this is where they sh- they could done a whole episode just on that scene. Well, they should have. You know what I mean? They should have. They could have. Yeah, but yeah. But so, so Bran being king, uh, on okay. paper, I can see Tyrion's logic. Mm-hmm. You know, he he can see the past, he can see yeah. the future, you know, and, and he seems impartial. He can't have kids anymore. Yeah. So there's no, there's, there's, no, there's no lineage to worry about, mm-hmm. you know, except for the fact that, I don't know, he's going to be like a thousand plus years yeah. old. He doesn't mention that, does he? He doesn't <laughs> mention that he, uh, three-eyed ravens can live for a thousand years. Yeah, thousands of yeah, years. thousands of years. Yeah, so, so there's that. But um, at the same time, who's playing who? Okay, now the joke here is that that Bran knew the future and he just let every bad thing happen yes. because he knew he knows where it's gonna end. Mm-hmm. So either A, he let it happen, mm-hmm. or B, he wanted to make sure it happens. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like like he's picking his timeline. They go, well, I'm gonna choose this timeline yeah. for sure. I'll be the king. Yeah, because also remember I said back in that second episode, uh, second episode where uh, Tyrion and Bran had a had a uh, off camera talk. You know what I mean? Right. Did, was so was that brand playing Tyrion, saying that oh at some point in the future he's he's gonna for some reason decide how the government the government's gonna run. So he tells him this long story, thinking that Tyrion's gonna present that. You know what I mean? Or do they have a pact together saying, hey, listen, if we ever get to this spot, you're gonna nominate me nominate me as king, and I will nominate you as hand. Because he because at the end of the day, people have mentioned that oh Tyrion doesn't want Tyrion doesn't want to be the king. He wants to be a hand. If you go back in the series, the best thing he did. The, where, where he excelled at was being the hand, and right? Stuff like that. So he got what he wanted. Bran got what he wanted. And also, I have a theory on Bran. Okay. Okay. Because people have saying, "Oh, Bran doesn't want anything. He's not. Why does he want to be king? He's not Bran anymore." Okay. So I'll, I'll give you the fact that okay, if, if it's not Bran, then who else is in that body right now? The Triad Raven. It's the right Raven. Okay. Over the arc of assuming the, the Triad Raven put his soul into Bran. Let's just say he did put his soul into Bran. Okay. Okay. So. What happened in game before Game of Thrones and during Game of Thrones to the Three Eyed Raven? Here's what happened. For the all he wants to do, he's kind of benevolent. Yeah, benevolent. I don't know. But he all he wants to do is sit back and view history and record human history and stuff like that. Right. Okay. But here's what keeps happening: the Night King 
key, is always on his ass. You know what I mean? All he, all the key night key wants to do is kill him, kill him, kill him. Right. So what does the three eyed Raven do over the course of this series? He kills off the one person that wants to kill him, the Night King. He's off the board. He needs a place to live now because his sanctuary is destroyed, right? His tree and all that stuff. So what better place to put himself, the, the, most, ins, the most protection, than, in la- than the king in King's Landing and stuff like that? You know what I mean? Because I look at it, because if you look at it from his point of view, the point of any, of any being, whether you're a human, dog, and stuff, whatever, is to find a safe place to live, right? Okay. And also to reproduce, you know, to make sure you're genetic. Well, whatever. he can't really. I'm mean, just saying. Yeah. But that's looking at it from a human perspective. You know, I mean, Brand can't physically reproduce, but the Thurai Reaver doesn't do that, right? He yeah, chooses he... the next vessel. And what's a better place to find the next vessel for him thousands of years in the future than in King's Landing, where we have all the resources at your disposal? Now, did you rewatch season four no, or whatever it was? So, so is the Three Eyed Raven a parasitic? Thing that went into Bran, or did he just dub Bran? You're the new trio at River. I think it's one of the things he. F- it feels like he- like is Max Van Cito in Bran? I'm I gonna know. say I, no. I, I don't know. I don't know. So it's, I think I think I think Bran is the tree-eyed Raven, but he's not that tree-eyed Raven. He's, he's the part, new part of his tree-eyed essence. Raven. I don't know. I have to re- I have to rewatch it. I, actually, at some point, I think we'll rewatch it. Not that you know how it ends, you can rewatch it, see how it goes. But I think that I think my theory kind of holds water. Like I said. If you look at it from a, if you look at it from the three eye Raven's perspective, and if you look at it from a very kind of like Darwinian predator versus prey perspective, I think it makes sense. Because like I said, if you're the three eye Raven, and the one thing in this world that that's out to get you is the Night King, and you what you and he destroys your home, what do you want to do next? Kill the three, kill the Night King, get to a place a safe place to live. You know what I mean? That's all you kind of want, and he does that. Whether how he does it, I don't know. You know what I mean? So I, that that's my theory. I think I think that's my theory. I think that's the one I'm going with. And then, like I said, Tyrion also gets what he wants. He wants just to be the hand, and he puts everything in place just so he can be king. Not because he wants to rule. Not because he wants power. But he wants to run the kingdom. He wants to run the kingdom so he can be literally safe. You know, he literally have a safe place to live, a safe harbor and stuff like that. Because he lost his safe harbor with the with the tree people dead and his home dead and stuff like that. So I think it. I think it, and keep in mind. Uh, the books are written from for first person perspective, so a, f- a first person perspective is is important to the series and stuff. So that's my theory. Anyway, yeah, that's your theory. I I I think it's going farther than necessary. Mm-hmm. I think it really is as simple as as Bran can see the future in the past. Because, mm-hmm. but the thing is, he's been, yes. If you take it as face value, I don't think Bran's in there anymore. I don't, I think it's another entity, and any entity like it's. Uh, any entity has basic survival needs and stuff like that, and I think this is it. I think this is it. He he's gonna be a king that actually does jokes, okay? Which mm-hmm. means that he does have emotions, which means mm-hmm. he does he does have yeah. desires. Mm-hmm. You know, I I think he's he's not a, he's not a passive individual. He actually is okay being king because mm-hmm. he knows that Tyrion's gonna run the place anyway, and yeah. then they they, they just right. need him to make actual like mm-hmm. Solomon decisions. You know, kind yeah, of thing. And I don't think it's a coincidence. At the end of the episode, the, the, in, the, in the little meeting, there is no uh, master of war, master of whispers. I don't think he wants any of that kind of intrigue. Any kind of he wants peace. All he wants is peace. So no, there's no more warfare and all that stuff. I think he wants. Like I said, I think he, it's a three-eyed raven that's in there. He wants a safe place to live. I none of the stuff that the none of the stuff that the previous kings did. Yeah, exactly. Well, it also brings us to one of my another one of my favorite scenes is that actually the last scene where Tyrion is running that 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 little council meeting. Because if you juxtaposition that one with the one in season one, everybody in season one that were in those positions had their 
ulterior motive. They had, you know, power grabs and stuff like that. You know what I mean? They right, wanted right. things and stuff like that. They, they, they were scheming and stuff. But the one at, in season eight, that one, they're actually doing the work and stuff. Like they actually they actually have inner, they're interconnected. They actually have relationships. They're actually doing government. Yeah, they're actually good people, actually. From, well, Braun. Braun is the one. But the thing is, <laughs> his defining trait is not so much that he's a bad person. It's his, it's his uh, greed. He's a pragmatic. Yeah, it's, it's his greed and his practicism and stuff like that. So yeah. anyway, that's my theory. Yeah, I mean, as long as you have Brienne and 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 Davos there, I think I'm okay. Sam yeah. being being the king's uh, maester seems like a jump. Oh, speaking <laughs> of Sam, we gotta talk about the meta thing. Here's the book, Song of Ice and Fire. Weird. It's the same thing with uh, the Lord of the Rings thing, right? They they say that's the same thing that the uh, the, the, Hob- the Hobbit did, right? Yeah, the Iron Throne is yeah. the ring. You yeah, know, it's kind of weird. Like that corrupts people and whatnot. And last but not least, we should talk about the the final montage sequence. Uh, we'll start with Sansa first. So Sansa's Queen of the North. Good. Which I guess is fine. Yeah. It's not the, it's her her dress is nice. I like I like that. Yeah, I think it's right. Yeah. She get kind of she get, she everybody kind of gets what they want as far as the stars and stuff. She gets what she wants. She wanted an independent north. She wanted to she she wanted to be the leader. Yeah. She gets it. Yeah. She gets it. Uh, Arya had the, one of the best lines, you know, oh, west of Westeros kind mm-hmm. of thing. What's west of Westeros? Mm-hmm. You know, which is a line she said in like four seasons ago or right, whatever. Right, back in Essos. Right, so so, so I, I like how they're following up on that. And that's like, HBO should be just like, I want a spinoff of that. Yeah. There are two obvious spinoffs, which is number one. I'm and uh, sorry, not even spinoff as far as like TV shows, but spinoffs as in movies. Because a movie, if you want to make a movie... Because if the if the actors don't want to commit another you know ten years, you can make a movie out of Arya Stark, and then you don't have to. So then the, pe- the non fans they don't have the baggage of the for, for, of eight seasons of Game of Thrones. You know what I mean? Because right. it's a clean cut. Same thing with uh, John in the North. It's just a clean because it doesn't have to reference anything that happened before. So as far as movies, Arya and John are prime candidates. Oh, I, I forgot to mention. I, guess I, I, I wanted to mention it in the podcast. I do like the line that 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 Bron- Brand did say when after Tyrion asked, "Oh, would you accept to be the king?" and he's like, "Why do you think I traveled all the way here for?" Yeah. <laughs> so, like I said, he has a humor. Anyway, so moving on from that, uh, Arya, yeah, uh, John, John seemed like I'm not sure if he was happy. I know people said, "Oh, he's happy. He's yeah. back in Castle Black." I'm not sure if he's completely happy though. I think he is. I mean, I'm sure he didn't want to stab his aunt and lover and stuff like that. That's the part that's weighing him down. But I think the thing that I think why they interpret that as a happy ending because it's finally him without the burden of the kingdom. Oh, that is true. That yeah. is true. He's with finally Thorman. he doesn't. Have he to, has uh, ghosts. He's with the wild. Yeah, he doesn't have to. He doesn't have to reluctantly accept a, a promotion. You know what I mean? He's always turned out promotions. This is finally at peace. At peace. He has no more. He doesn't have to carry the the right. map. And there, and there is no burden of him being half Targaryen either. Yeah. Because that's, that's all dead and gone. Until that dragon shows up, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> yeah that's, well, why didn't, he get a, why didn't he get a montage? Where's the dragon? <laughs> but also the thing is... With, yeah, where's the dragon? And yeah. Bran's like, oh, don't worry. I'll take care of that. Yeah. Yeah. Wink, wink. But uh, the thing is, um, it's also when he was happiest. He was happiest when he was with the wildlings, right? When he met Ingrid and stuff like that. So Ygritte. Ygritte, so... Egret. Maybe he can find another surprisingly attractive wildling girl. You know I mean? Well, I mean, I mean he's, a, he's part of the Night Watch. He's not supposed to, you know, have sex. But that didn't happen. That, 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 that didn't stop him before. last time. Yeah, and people point out online, the whole thing with the Night Watch that when Terry mentioned it was, it's just a trick to, to Grey Worm to think that it's a, it's a real punishment and stuff like that. You know what I mean? The fact that, he, of course, he's going to have sex. And he did, he never wants a ti- he would never want titles or land anyway. So. Is he automatically the Night, the night Watch commander? 
There's no night watch though. That's what I'm saying. That's what people people that read in between in between lines. There is gonna not gonna be a night watch and stuff like that. Oh, is that? But he was dressed as a night watch person. Yeah, but that's just yeah. What else? What else is he gonna wear? It's cold. Because I was I was wondering like because I know John even mentioned the answer. Like, is there even a night watch? Yeah, there's not a night watch. You know, but it's yeah. like it's like so it was just torment and ghosts and the wildlings there. Yeah, basically. It's basically originally they came down to the south because of the threat of the night king. Now they can go back to the lands and stuff like that. But there's not gonna be a, a night watch to keep them out anymore i don't think that's how i read it and stuff like because they're they're at peace i guess I mean? I, according to the book readers there are actually other threats behind besides the night night king in the, oh, okay. in the north in the north north well the, we'll, we'll see that well, the, the hbo just... show doesn't doesn't show anything about that so yeah. i guess we just have yeah. to assume it's it's game yeah, over. i i assumed what what the twitter told me was it's kind of a a trick that Tyrion made on uh, on gray worm thinking that it's a real punishment it's not really a punishment because there's really not going to be a night watch because there's no night the wildlings are they made a truth with uh, a truth with the Starks, right? Because now they have a Stark with them. That's even better. You know what I mean? So they're at peace, right? So but if, if it is a trick, uh, if Grey Worm finds out, wouldn't that cause a war? Where's Grey Worm now? He's going to yeah, he's in that. But yeah, exactly. you know, words might go to him and like yes, by the way, John Jon Snow. Blah, blah, blah. Actually, two dangling plot points. I, I forgot to mention. Number one, what about Dario and stuff like that. If Ward goes back, all oh, right, he, right. He's in charge of some major city, a major firepower. He can, he should be pissed that the the queen is dead. Number one, number two. I forgot to mention this earlier. The Dothrakis. There's no <laughs> way the Dothrakis get back on a boat and go right. back to Essos and say, "Oh, no harm, no foul." Didn't you see yeah. the marketplace? They're like mingling with locals. It's ridiculous. Like, like the, the Dothraki won't do that. Yeah, because like I said, the the, the Unsullied and Grey Worm. I understand because they're kind of I don't want to say mindless, but they're 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 more. I don't want to say simple, but simple. You know what I mean? They're you know you you go over kill them. You go over to kill. That's what that's what that's what they are. You know, I mean? they're killing machines and stuff like that. You know what I mean? And they're kind of regaining their humanity and stuff like that. But anyway, that's what they are. But the Thraki has a hierarchy. They have a complex culture and stuff like that. Right. We've learned that the Dothrakis, The minute one of the Dothraki leader dies, somebody's going to step up and fight for the thing. So if you're like ten thousand Dothrakis left, there's going to be an alpha male in them. You know what I mean? Right. You think the alpha male is going to say, "Oh, our queen is dead." Let's get back on the boat. This is all for nothing. <laughs> yeah, no exactly. harm, no foul. Yeah, they, they're gonna want to take some land. <laughs> that's why I'm saying they they needed to establish some sort of alpha male to to tell to assuage the Dothrakis back on the boat. Because I'm guessing no, none of the Dothrakis got back on the boat. The Dothrakis no. are, are. But like in, I said, in Western. that market scene, you see Dothrakis yeah, mingling with locals, which is impossible. Like, yeah. I don't see that happening. Yeah, that's a big. That's a big mistake. I mean, that again could use a couple more seasons to flesh out that, or that's, or just some more episodes. Yeah. But you know there are two more books in George R. R. Martin's right, uh, saga, right. mm-hmm. and the last book I think this 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 show doesn't even cover it. Yeah, yeah. Because it, it seems like this show covers as far as in the winter, mm-hmm. and then the the spring. last book is supposed to be spring, spring, which the only slightly hint it's actually happening. Hey, in, the, in, the blade of grass. Wait, man. speaking of speaking of which, the blade of grass. I thought I thought winter is coming and winter is going to be here for a long time. People have mentioned that online. I actually I know I have an answer for that. Uh, the winter or the the harsh winter is because of the Night King, and once the Night King was killed. Winter was just a regular winter. Just a regular winter. That's why. <laughs> that's why winter never really went down to where Link King's Landing is. So that's that's my. That's, well, I think te- that's technically, my- it did go down there because because the last the episode the episode where Jamie goes off north, you see snow landing on King's oh, Landing. Yeah, yeah. So they just completely ignored yeah. that. Yeah, I mean, I'm gonna forgive that, but like I said, maybe the the Night King's the one that brought the winter and stuff like that. So anyway. yeah, but uh, but George R. R. Martin does. Do you have any, anything else to add? I just want to mention. Uh, just looking ahead into the future, it does seem like the next Game of Thrones series is a prequel. And after that, whatever it takes, like through four or five years, whatever that series is, I my prediction is 
there will be Game of Thrones movies with this cast, or one of the cast members from this series will get a spin-off series, maybe 10 years, if 10, 15 years from now. Because the good thing about the Starks is all those characters, they're pretty young, you know? Right. Turner, uh, Maisie Williams, they're all pretty, they're all early 20s. So you think they they're going to do like uh, The Force Awakens, like 10 years later, they're going to they're gonna bring so, them yeah. back? Yeah, it's I, possible. I, I think so. I, especially with Arya. Arya is like, like, it's the cleanest, you know what I mean? It's yeah, the simplest. That's way. the cleanest. So that's, that's the one that most people actually want to happen. Right. Because for her, like I said, I'm sure none of these actors in this series want to, do commit to another 10 years 10 of their years. lives. Actually, years. they like being there. They like being there, but it's a lot of work, a lot of time. But I'm saying they probably want to do something else, give them a break for like five, six years. I'm, I, if I educate a guess, either some of them are going to get spinoff movies or spinoff TV shows down, down the line. Yeah. Okay. Anyways, um, I should mention here, George R. R. Martin did say some stuff about the finale. The one, the one thing that, of course, he's, he mentions here, I, I should mention it right here. Uh, people ask him, how will it all end? I hear people asking. The same ending as the show or different? And he goes, well, yes and no. And yes and no and yes and no and yes. So, and then he applies that. There are other characters that aren't on the show that are in the books. And, and there is, and I do still have two books to go. So, so yeah. There's, there, I think George R. R. Martin gets the win here because he gets to see people's reactions to how how the story went, so he can he can tweak it. Because mm-hmm. from what I understand, this is exactly this is kind of exactly how he wanted it to end, right? right? And then and then of course um, now there's even more people who's gonna want to read the yeah. books. I'm I'm damn certain uh, his ending's gonna be a lot more bloody. I think a lot more. people. Oh yeah, of yeah, course. Yeah. I mean, yes, that's 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 his books. Yeah, yeah. It's always been more violent, more yeah. more more. I'm sure all these, all, all those Starks that did that live past the series and won't live past yeah. the Sansa the will be the most curious because the so Sansa storyline the first the second half the second half of the series isn't in the books. Yeah. So that I'm we'll, that's I'm curious to see how that's gonna play out for yeah. Sansa in the books. Yeah. Well, hope hope R.R. Um, Martin is dieting, exercising, man. <laughs> And there we go. That's our Game of Thrones thing. Uh, all right. Thanks for listening. This was episode 237 perfect, of the Stuff fine. and Junk Show. Perfectly fine. Thanks for joining us. Until next time, this has been a podcast on the Who What Works Network. <laughs>